The D is turning two years old, and we want to party with you. Saturday, February 9th at John Devereaux Tavern, 37 Devereaux Street in Utica. This year, we bring in the party with Sophistafunk. That's right, Sophistafunk. East Beats and Biz will be getting the crowd warmed up with old school hip-hop and funk. There will be food, drink specials, live podcasting, giveaways, and we'll be giving out our annual D Awards. Save the date. Saturday, February 9th at John Devereaux Tavern. The D, Sophistafunk, East Beats and Biz, all joining forces to deliver a powerhouse of a party. This show wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for EJA Moving Services, Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley, Priceless Inspections, Serenette Brewery, and Nine Volkswagen of Rome. So you just bought your dream home, and now it's time to move. Let's face it, nobody likes to move. All the packing, unpacking, lifting, upstairs, downstairs, and broken everything, including your back. Let the professionals at EJA Moving Company take all the stress and pain out of your move. Competitively priced moving. Relocation services, office moves, and complete packing and unpacking services. They work with everybody to make it simple and easy for you to move and relocate. Call EJA Moving Company at 315-335-0516. When it's time to relocate, have EJA Moving do all the work for you. Hit them up online, ejamoving.com. Hey, Disruption Network. This is Mike Sacco, the general manager at Nye Volkswagen of Rome. If you don't know me by name, it's only because you have not received the best deal. There's only one reason to leave Utica, and that's to come see me in Rome and get the best deal on your next new, pre-owned, or certified VW. Mention that you heard this ad from Disruption Network and receive $250 off your next vehicle purchase. You'll know why our customers say, I love my Nye VW. Come see us at 5865 Rome Taberg Road in Rome or visit us online at nivwofrome.com. The Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley was born when three top producing agents with over 25 years of combined experience selling real estate joined forces to take real estate to the next level. We practice with honesty, integrity, and the knowledge to help make the buying and selling process easy and stress-free for all of our clients. We pledge to always make our clients our top priority from start to finish and even after the house is closed. We will always be a valued resource for information and assistance for our buyers and sellers. Our customers over the years have become not only past clients, but great friends. As we join hands together as the Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley, we look forward to serving our clients and our community and making a positive difference. You can reach us at 315-601-9630 for all of your real estate needs. The Disruption Network is making moves. For upcoming events, news, interviews, and new daily programming, keep in the loop with us at disruptionnetwork.net. Like, follow, and subscribe to all our social media. And check out all our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Get up on the D, disruptionnetwork.net. What's up? This is Duddy from the Dirty Heads, and you are listening to Easy Radio on Disruption What's up, everybody? Welcome to EC Radio. This is Chicken and Adeline. Hello, everybody. Back again, doing it. Uh, covering up for Z, who just came back from Jamaica. Now I think he's frolicking down in Florida. Yeah, I saw they were in yep. Miami. Bastard. I know. As we're sitting here Tough in the cold. Boy. But uh, we got uh, Mr. Joe Martin in here. Dr. Joe Martin. 
is uh, he's going to teach us how to function better today. Speaking of speaking of cold, I mean, I can't believe I'm in here on this disruption network, and I get a Utica Club. I'm one of the. This finest. is outstanding. Talk about local. You deserve absolutely it. local, baby. How many afternoons do you actually take off to do a little podcast? I'm never off, ever. Ever. When I'm in Florida, ask my wife. We're working all the time. I know. I know. I'm working on the beach. I'm working on the beach. New York City, you're working. Well, when it's your passion, yeah. it's really not work. You know what I mean? I you're talking about Utica Club, right? I am. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad at least one of us was on the right path away. Yeah, I figured, yeah. I'm, I'm always working when it comes to Utica Club. <laughs> but... Joe, like, uh, you know, like I, we were just talking off air, and he's like, you look really familiar to me. I'm like, yeah, I, I've been to your office a few times. I've been to physical therapy quite a few times. And um, I always find myself going back to you. You know what I mean? Like, I always find well, myself, like, an office that I know I can go in there and trust. And, and like, I know you, your staff knows what they're doing, and you have the patience, you know. And <clears throat> I think when it comes to, like, uh, physical therapy, like, your company right there is, like, first on mine. Oh my God! Well, because they're progressive, they're hands-on. Mm -hmm. They're I, I'm a patient of Joe's as well, and I'm, I'll take it a step further. I never run into somebody who needs physical therapy that I won't sit there and argue with until they go to Joe. Thank you. I you, you know, I, I just, just feel you blessed. Really, I do believe you, you are both that for good. Your kind words, but I got to tell you, I got to hand it to my my staff because I mean, my staff make me look good every day of the week. Oh, they're incredible. I mean, they are incredible. I mean, every single one of them. And well, we they're handpicked. We have many. They are handpicked. You know, I mean, we've handpicked a lot of them. Some people, you know, some people stay. Some people, you know, move on with their. You know, life is an evolution. People go for different reasons, um, great reasons, you know, exciting right. reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, one guy that worked for me for a long, long time and uh, went out and opened his own practice. Um, phenomenal physical therapist, Kevin Cress, out in uh, Herkimer. You know, you, you, you know, things don't last. Things don't last the way they think they're going to last. Uh, but for good reasons for everybody, you know, everybody deserves major happiness in life. And, and uh, change is good. Change it's is progress. amazing. Change it's is progress. great for everybody. You're right. You're right, Adeline. And, you know, on the surface, you know, things can come shocking. But, you know, life is going to evolve the way it evolves. And all you can do is keep moving yep. forward and keep doing what you do best. Do it, you know, find yourself, be self-aware. And uh, so like Rocky says, keep pushing forward while getting punched in the face. You know? <laughs> oh, listen, I'm telling you, there isn't a week that goes by. You don't get, you know, and a lot of people on the surface, you know, don't get to see all the punches. Right. You know, they see the like in my case, I'm a very motivated game face, you know, mm -hmm. crazy, progressive looking very guy. And, and I am for the most on the inside, too. But, you know, Kim will tell you, my wife will tell you. That you know, she gets to see the bad days too. You know, I have I have a lot of things that come my way that I, you know, weather the storm and move on because you you know there's a lot of people that depend on me. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, but I never give up, no. ever. How many you, you been through some strife. tough times? You take on a lot. How you, many How many years have you been in business? Uh, Sixteen. Oh. In in physical therapy business, I've been an entrepreneur straight out of the womb, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, and, and it go, it's funny because it's all, it's kind of cliche but I did have a lemonade stand when I was a kid, you know. I, mean, it's, it's like the, I had a hot dog cart. Did you? Yeah. That's awesome. 14 years old running a hot dog cart. That's awesome, it. man. It was called Bob's Wiener Wagon. Dude, that's America. That's America. <laughs> that's America right there, and man. You know what? It's the land of opportunity. Hoffman Hot Dogs, steamed in Utica Club. 
That's what we used to. Yeah, oh 14. my god! Yeah. Who was giving you Utica Club at fourteen, and not, why not, were you wasting it on hot dogs? <laughs> oh, you trust me. As much as much now as I preach, no nitrates and no nitrates, and you should be eating good meats and <laughs> all this other stuff. You know, you you really. It's funny. I was looking at the uh, the was it, the Clemson Tigers at the White House the other day, and and they got had Big Macs and all the. You remember as we were kids, the cheeseburgers. Yeah. I remember when a cheeseburger was like sixty five cents. I remember when McDonald's was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, jeez. You eat it. I, well, I can't eat it now because I get too sick. It, like just. Ugh. Well, if you eat, if you eat great ninety five percent of the time, you got to go back and you know you every now every, every now, now and then. Now and oh yeah, every now and then you gotta you gotta you know treat yourself to those great things like a funnel cake at the state fair and you know all the all the real naughty things you gotta it's balance. Yeah. Absolutely balance. Got a couple people checking in for you. John Stemmer says, hi, Joe. Hey, Johnny. Don Ryan saying, uh, function better, best physical therapy around. Uh, you guys are great. Thank you. Yeah, she's absolutely correct. I think I think my husband was like one of your first patients when you first started down in Whitesboro. Yep, when I opened a Riskany Boulevard across from where Subway is now. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even open, and your husband opened the door, walked in. <laughs> I'm made here. Him, made himself comfortable, and I heard a 45-minute history of him. And um, I don't You've know been if I friends should be. Ever since. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> very, very, you know, very good friends. I remember yeah. the 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 day you guys call us and you said, "What are we doing?" I said, "Well, you'll see us in uh, New York City in four hours." And you, you and Todd drove out. <laughs> well, you said, "Hey, who's out there?" We had a black. That, that said, spontaneity well, at its best, right there. That was wonderful. That was amazing. Kim and I were with Mario in Times Square. That was a good weekend. And we had a good time. That was that was, that was a good time. Yeah. yeah. And then, well, and then after Todd had started seeing you for a while and you were fixing his back, I um, had an injury where. I actually ripped my foot right off my leg. Like what? I had eight operations. It was bad. Poor they, thing. The, my surgeon said I would never walk again. How did you do it? I was I was walking up a hill and my husband had just had back surgery 2 weeks before, which he was seeing Joe to, for the, for his physical therapy. And um, I turned to tell Todd it was slippery and the dog pulled me and just snap snapped my foot right off and Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy so, crap. Yeah, surgeon said I would never walk right again. And this man is the whole reason that wow. I can not only walk right, I can run in three-inch heels. Well, I think <laughs> I think Addie had something to do you, with it. You helped yeah, her run well, in three-inch heels. Nice. Yeah, no. she was. Yeah. Well, listen, I have a wife that paints commercial buildings in heels so yeah. i i'm listen i'm a little privy you know when we talk about heels if you're going to do it right you got to do it in heels exactly so but no i'm seriously like i was in so much pain when we first started <sighs> because i couldn't even put pressure on my foot when i started because they had to screw through both bones or something i would get physically ill and joe would sit there with a cool towel on my head for it, the whole session, if it was what it took, but no, you did well. You you progressed yourself. You were very though. you were a very motivated patient. And if you, I had a doctor though who just sat me there on tra in traction and let right. me vomit into a bucket, I don't think I would have done as well. As you would have been yelling at the doctor. Probably. I mean, Addie's probably one of the most motivated <laughs> people I've ever met. Yeah. So I yep. mean, I can't imagine her just sitting there and doing nothing. That's why she's where she's at. Yeah, absolutely. She's motivated. Yep. Awesome. That's why she's a boss lady. She is. Selling homes. You're, you're above your head, head and shoulders above the rest. John Stemmer's checking. Well, he said, uh, "What is your thoughts on these CBD pills and what whatever thinks, or whatever thinks?" Um, so it must be the CBD oils yeah. and the pills. And For stuff. me, yeah, I, I'm completely uneducated on it, so I can't give you any advice on that. I don't know anything about it. Okay, mm. 
I like that answer though. I really do. You know really what I mean? Don't. Like, you know how many people would just offer an opinion and like whatever. I mean, I hear I know what it is. I'm familiar. I hear about it, but I I like things that I really like to talk about and support are things that I review in the evidence. You know, medical journals and things like that. So I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. That's what are your I'm not, favorite it's treatments pretty new. right now. Favorite treatments? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I'm a very simple kind of guy. So all this pizzazz and stuff like that. I'm more about just put your hands on the patient and feel the movement, like like in your spine, for instance, your neck, your back. Feel the different segments. Feel where they are, what the positions are. Um, how it affects your symptoms that you're feeling. Um, I'm I'm a big guy on hands-on and touch, the human touch. I you mean, know, it's really I it really comes that. back. <laughs> no, it really does. It's it does. it really comes down to that. Patients want patients don't want to sit on a table and see you know six other patients in the room where the therapist is running between five different people, and uh, they want they want personalized hands-on care mm-hmm. and. Even if you're doing some, even if the provider is doing something else um, that's necessary to be doing uh, in that session, uh, patients want to see that they're able to multitask and, and talk with them and educate them and make sure their form is staying correct. Mm-hmm. Like I always had this thing when I was growing up as a PT early on out of school is, you know, because we would get crazy busy. I mean, in the beginning, it was nuts. You know, when we would have people just flying through the door and, you know, I always made it a point to address everybody in the room all the time. Like I had this thing with myself. I don't go 30 seconds without making sure somebody is doing something correct. You know, now we've evolved and we're able to move on to a lot of one-on-one care, personalized care, functional care. You know, everybody evolves in their profession. And that's really where it's at. That's the value. You know, in the beginning, it's like, hey, I'm a physical therapist. We're going to bust this out. We're going to grow this, grow that. Now it's about, you know, you got all these people coming to you, and you need to earn. You know, you have a reputation on the street. I know we have a good reputation on the street, and that's because we're adamant about giving value back for that rep. You know, somebody to go say good things about me, it better be true. Right. And I want my staff, and I hold my staff to that. Not that I have to like try real hard to hold them to, because they're all just great people, and they automatically do it. It's not like I teach them to be mm-hmm. compassionate and hands-on. I've been blessed with people that just are already like that. I think so. you attract like people. I do attract. I do. I will say that. You know, I I do attract. It's got to be part of your hiring process as well. Good people. You know, I got to tell you. You know, that's. I do. I do. I when I when I interview people and I look at people. It's difficult, I will tell you, to recruit staff, though. Mm-hmm. It's like in my profession, there's not a lot to go around. So if you get two candidates, you know, you you know, I've just been blessed. The candidates that have come have been, have been really good people. I, I haven't really turned too many people away. Like I said, I've been there a few different times in a few different locations. And every time I'm greeted the same way, mm-hmm. you know, friendly, by name, you know, they remember me and, you know, Everybody has that attentive care, and you didn't feel like you're just left all alone. And I've been in situations where they just set you up, and all of a sudden you're like, "All right, what do I do now?" Well, I've always my, you know, it's it's funny we talk about this whole hiring thing because any business owner that opens a business, they're they're and they get into the hiring right, and you, and you and you and you say, "Well, what's the proper interview, and what questions do you ask?" And you know, and I did that in the very beginning. I started out saying, "Oh, what do you where do you see yourself in five years?" With and the form. you know, yeah. 
and it's like you know the when when you grow and you evolve and you understand it's like you know all of those are you know templated questions and the candidate is is making up the best answer possible to make them look good in an interview so you know what i started doing i started having my interviews at bars i i think i'll apply (laughs) (laughs) seriously ask so i'll tell you what dr lauren conway her and i had a a beer at lucan's that was our interview uh, and I can name uh, several other employees. You know, you go, you sit down, you have a cocktail, mm-hmm. and and you figure out who people really are. Mm-hmm. Don't I don't want you to make up any answers. I'm not asking you any scripted questions. Let's I just want to get a feel for who you are. And I always hire. I always hire good people first, and then, you know, if they have skills, beautiful. If they don't, you can always learn skills. Mm-hmm. But I always thought that you can't teach a grown person how to be a character. good person character yeah character. character there you go just had this conversation with somebody the other day in reference to bartenders you know you, you these bar owners hire bartenders they're like oh she worked here she worked there or he or whatever they worked at all these different bars mm. and you're like but why are they going from bar to bar to bar you know right. what i mean and you never get the background you say oh they got all this great experience that's a great 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 question there you know what i, mean? I attended like, bar 18 years and i worked two places see and that there was, was no I reason for you to leave. I only ever worked two places. It, but if you go from bar to bar, you don't know if they, you know, were always calling in. You don't know if right. they were rude to the customers, stealing, right. things of that nature. And I, I, I'm along with you. I'd rather hire good people that can hustle and you could train them your own way yeah. and, instead of trying to find people who have good skills but then trying to make them a person. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. And it's worked. I've got really good, um, compassionate people in my practice and... I'm proud and I'm blessed. I get, I get yeah. to do what I do every day. You know, we just opened uh, in the Syracuse market. Yeah, Liverpool, right? Uh, yep. That was that was uh, you know, if I'm being vulnerable here, I was I was I was afraid of that for a little while. That's a big market. And when I say a little while, I'm talking you know, it took me three four years to feel comfortable. You know, but I put some measures in place before I did it. I I planted some major seeds and I yeah. and I really fermented them. Uh, well, very, I know you've well. been talking about it for years. But, you know, I'm I'm still, even though we're the largest outpatient physical therapy provider in central New York. And so proud I got to tell you something. That's I'm st- hustle. But I'm That's still the little guy. I'm still, I still yeah. perceive we're the little guy. We don't have hospital systems right. funneling patients in. Right. It's not an automatic for us. We have to, we have to grow our business just like anybody else. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in the Utica market. Word of mouth is ninety five percent of our yeah, business it's now. Breaking into a new market, yeah. Different. And right from the beginning, you know, and I, I did differently. Talk about disruption. We're talking about disrupting <laughs> things. The way it was done in my profession is physical therapists would go out to physician offices and feed them sandwiches, mm-hmm. and you know maybe a little dessert, and tell them you know this is what we do. These are our services. Sort of like a drug rep. Yeah, and and just kind of you get you get referrals for that. And I took the complete opposite. I said I'm the little guy. I'm going to go to the people first. And do very good service for them and good mm-hmm. value. Let them go back and tell the physician where they, where they need to send their patients, mm-hmm. and that worked for me. So, but now in the Utica market, we're so established that ninety five percent of our business is word of mouth. How many locations do you have? Uh, well, eight. Eight. Yep. So with Liverpool, whole different. It's just like I'm starting over again in two thousand two because it's a whole different market. Right back to a risk any Boulevard. New, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Complete new market. Mm-hmm. But this time, you know, I went in and I established some really deep relationships with some uh, physician groups. 
and um, and we opened a couple of weeks ago in Liverpool, and uh, we're booming already. So I have a great guy out there, Dr. Ryan Scheminger. Um, he's wonderful. He's got about three years of experience, and I gave him a job, um, director of clinical and business development, Syracuse Market. So he's got a great opportunity in front of him yeah. because we're going to have four centers there by the end of 2020. Beautiful. Second one's opening in April. So we so are. Had her heels very, on and has been painting. Oh yeah, she painted the whole Liverpool, uh, and she's ready for East Syracuse. You guys are a great team. Uh, we are. She's she's amazing. I. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for her painting in her heels. <laughs> and we have this on record. Pretty, pretty, so. dam- pretty damn sexy. <laughs> I'll make you a copy of this. I'll clip it right out for you, Kim. Pretty damn sexy painting in her heels. It's going to be her She's new ringtone. pretty ring damn tone. sexy no matter what. It's going to be her ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> now, they say behind every successful man's a, an amazing woman, and I, yeah, gotta, I, I, have to, I have to... <laughs> I have to put props up for that because uh, she's she's been there. And, you know what's funny is well, she was answering the phones way back when. Yeah. When oh yeah. Started. Oh, she's, she yeah, was there yeah. every step of the way. Yep. I remember. Yep. It's I funny. I'll be. You guys grow here. I think I'm the I'm Mr. Business, right? I'm, I'm Mr. <laughs> I'm the I'm the doctor. I, I I'm the Mr. Business entrepreneur guy. And sometimes I'll be sitting and having a meal with my wife, and she'll say something, and I'm like. Am I stupid? <laughs> like that was the How most brilliant I thing that? I have ever heard out of anybody. And I'm talking. I I follow, you know, the the Warren Buffetts and the you know the you know the Mark Cubans and the and all the entrepreneurs in the world. All you need is a and, and my right wife hand. is sitting right across from me, and something comes out of her mouth, and I'm like, Are you? Did you just say that? Like, wow, you know. So she doesn't just paint. No, no she's, she's she's a, a lot of the cookie. brains behind the operation oh, yeah. too. And I well, learned she ran from her office. You ever. I learned from Did she ever work for a podcast company? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to make a realtor out of her, so back off. Oh, we're not no, even come on. Make her dye her hair blonde. Oh, man, we're done. But same thing with, uh, you know, same thing with my employees. I, I hire good people. Well, I married good people, well, too. Yeah. So she's a good woman, and she's always been there uh, to support me and, and well, the business. Well, you're what, 25 years now? Yeah, 25 years, 26 in uh, March. Yeah. And um, and I got to tell you, it's, it's the, the biggest thing is, you know, she loves our employees. She is absolutely in love they with love everybody. Her. They do love her. And, and you know, because she is a different, you know, she's not, I'm like going crazy. I'll build and business, blah, 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 blah. She's walking through the daily operations in the trenches and, and talking to everybody. She's the people and, that, yeah. She is. You know, and I'm a people person and I'm very, yeah, very definitely. approachable and everything. But, you know, she's just Miss Congeniality. She just walks through the practice and people run up to her. You know, they love her. Yeah, I She's great. have a story. Most compassionate I person for, I know. Um, a surgeon wanted to do something with my shoulder. They wanted to operate. And I'm like, you're not touching me. I got to go see Joe. And it ended up being my neck. But I'm standing there or sitting there just checked in for my appointment. And all of a sudden I hear the receptionist, oh, my God, you look amazing. Da, 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 da. I turn around. I look around and it's Kim is walking in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there we go. Isn't that amazing? So it's like a ray of sunshine when she enters a room. It really is. We got she, tons of people going, Kim's the best. We love oh, Kim. She is. Yeah, she's uh, she's quite remarkable. Then somebody wrote, uh, wow, look at that shirt, sister. Must be talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she loves your shirt. I'll lend it to you, Joelle. <laughs> um, John uh, Summer said, uh, but going back to your uh, hiring process, he says, just wear a cowboy hat and automatic hire. Boom. <laughs> That's right. Hey, if you got a little country in you, that is a plus. It doesn't hurt. That's funny. 
Oh my gosh. So you're going to have four centers in, in Liverpool in 2020. Yep, we're doing uh, well in the in the entire Syracuse market. We haven't picked out the last two centers yet. We have the first two picked out, Liverpool and uh, East Syracuse. Okay. Yep, we'll be on um, Manlius Center Road, constantly recruiting, looking for great people. Again, it's not not easy these days just to right. just even to find anybody, let alone find really really good people. Right. So we're working on that. It's always uh, it's always a search, and then you have recruiters. You know, you can go to healthcare recruiters, you know, and, and you you pay $16,000 for a therapist. Or you just, I really want local breeded people that are going to stay local. So I don't really want to bring somebody from Nebraska that's going to move back in two head years. Hunt, right. Yeah, that's, I was actually recruited by a headhunter. Uh, my second job out of college uh, was in Detroit, Michigan. And um, I was recruited by a headhunter. But, you know. As you as you can see, we're back in the Mohawk Valley. Well, hey, if anybody's we came back out to our there roots. taking occupational therapy, give Joe a call. Or He'll physical get you therapy. physical therapy. If you're, yeah, in, we're, if you're we're doing you know, it. regular therapy, degree, <laughs> call Joe. Absolutely, and right now we're looking have for have a job when you get out of college. Part time office manager work in Syracuse. Um, got a couple of candidates right now that I'm talking to. I think I think you're always growing and disrupting the physical therapy market so i think you're always pretty much hiring because i see you hire we quite are. a bit so i mean even if he doesn't you don't have a position send joe an application stop in absolutely well actually you just said it it's, it's funny a lot of people wait for the need but we are always hiring right and if you have we, the application we we'll on it. file don't you go to those first before you put a- it out there, absolutely I mean. and and it's you know and we're never at a loss for patients we're always right. it's always a you know uh a matter of uh, not enough staff. Mm-hmm. And you never have enough staff. And the thing is, it's not turnover. You know what I mean? Like, right. I've gone in there, like I said, different times, oh, and it's always the, the same, same staff. And yep. it's just that you're growing, and, and like you said, some move on and start their own practices, which has got to be like a huge compliment to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I talk about that with uh, the gentleman in Herkimer that actually recently, last year, it'll be a year in February that he kind of branched off, went on his own, and, you know, it is a bittersweet thing. It's a tough thing. Well, you got a competitor right out of the gate, but yeah, but it's, it's uh, gonna... but we have uh, we have a history. You know, we had a history together, and the and the and the and the guy was when he was just a, and I don't mean this in any bad way, but just a physical therapist assistant. I'm saying he was at that level in mm-hmm. his career, um, w- and a guy that aspired to be a doctor. Um, which, by the way, our physical therapist assistants don't even need to go to be a doctor they're like they're like physical therapist level ptas like our people are phenomenal highly skilled our ptas are i look at them like pts so they don't even need to go anywhere but kevin had aspirations um and he was a pta he went to uh he went he went to pt school but he was there painting the building the day one day one he was painting the building and so we have a lot of history together Mm -hmm. and you know actually a year before he left to own his own practice, you know, I had we had a holiday party and I gave him an award, and I was and I remember I've got it on video and I was letting everybody know. I said, you know, in the beginning, you know, Kevin was this quiet guy. I'm like, dude, you know, you're like boring and quiet, and I'm like this crazy guy that jumps up and down on treatment tables and runs around, you know, <laughs> like a chicken with their head cut off, and. um but as time went on, I got to tell you that, uh, you know, and I said this in my, 
you know, my talk about him was never once did I hear a negative comment from a patient. Like he was just like born to serve people and he was amazing at it. So I know that I've got a competitor out there, but I don't care. I mean, at he's, least it's a good one. He is serving. He is serving people, and I know how good he is. Mm-hmm. So that makes me feel good. You're right. So I'm coming back to what you just said. It really makes me feel good. And he was with us for a long time. And now he's, uh, you know, now we're branched out. So that's just really you're just expanding. You know, it's it's all about how many people's lives can you can you affect. It's like your yeah. Bill Belichick tree. That's it. You know, like your disciples going off and. Yeah. That's it. And and that's a little bit of a disruption, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and I had another girl. Well, and I'll tell you why. Because, like, I had another girl in, in Herkimer that left me, Holly Rue. And uh, she's a group fitness instructor. She's got Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And then she's, a, you know, she's all over the world. I mean, she's crazy. Um, but she left me in a professional way, and she went out to open her own place. And she was amazing. She's, you know, same thing. Same thing as Kevin. She was amazing. So... When you're amazing and you can change lives, you go. And and, in the world, it's funny because everybody holds their breath. And they're expecting me to, like, hate people. You know, they're like, wait, you still talk to her? You still talk to him? It's like, man, just want the best for everybody. There's enough to go around. Do they not know you? Because I would never expect you to begrudge anybody anything. No. Especially for success. I know you too well. Everybody deserves success. Everybody deserves happiness. And, um... More wellness. power to you. I know you. I know you're a big proponent of everybody Huge. deserves wellness and. Oh yeah, everybody. Well, and everybody has to earn wellness. That's you know you gotta. Right, but I mean, I, yeah, I know but a lot of people yeah. give up on like. There's a lot too. of people out. Maybe they're not you know at that level, but their mother, their grandmother is, and and I know of people that I've known personally that have gone to you that 90 years old and they're functioning better. And yes, I guess it's hey. <laughs> functioning better than they have in decades. You know, sweet. When you talk, I got to tell you, in any career that you're in, you know, you evolve. Mm-hmm. Your your interests may change. They may 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 evolve into something different. You know, when I first started, I was diehard um, athletes. Mm-hmm. I wanted that agility, the speed, the power, yeah. and I still love that. Well, and you wanted to keep the kids from getting injured because I remember a lot of times yeah, I huge. was in there and you're working with a kid and I would be just hearing you what you would say and you were very focused on keeping them from getting injured. You know, and it, and everything comes full circle because we're still doing that. I was going to say, you're working with a school this year. I was at, I was at Herkimer the other day. I just flew in. Yeah. Uh, I didn't fly in this time. We actually drove in. But I just came in from Florida on Sunday and Monday I was at Herkimer High School you know, evaluating athletes. Mm-hmm. I we we love to do that. My whole staff still we still you know we cover football games. We do mm-hmm. athletic injuries and all that kind of stuff. We still yeah, do that. I but saw you on the sidelines a couple of times. Yeah, this yeah. Year. yeah, yeah. We're we're helping out a lot of schools and um, building good experience for the staff too. Everybody gets to add that you know little notch in their belt. Well, and it's life changing for the kids. I mean, they they can have some serious injuries well, it's a that quite will a responsibility. affect them forever and ever. Yeah, it's a big that it's are easily prevented. It is a big responsibility, um, especially when something happens like a concussion. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you got to really Sweetie you got to really know what you're doing. You got to be able to identify things quickly, mm-hmm. and make the right calls, even though they're not always popular among parents and coaches. Wow. Uh, but you know, you hired me for a reason, mm-hmm. and if you know if. If at any time I felt that our expertise wasn't being heated, 
um, then I would I would walk away from that position because you you know you hire us for a reason. We're here to protect your kids and advise you, um, and don't over don't overstep your bounds. You know we're here to protect a kid. You know I had one concussion, one kid with a concussion, and we were going to send him to his uh, primary care physician. You know, and the mom came over and said, you know, if you're going to send him to this physician, and she takes him out of the sport, then I'm going to go to another physician. You know, and this kid had a concussion. <sighs> okay. This is a young kid in high school. had a concussion. And within nine months, he had another concussion. He lost consciousness for 30 seconds. But the point is, well, it's like, let's put, let's put the health of our kids right. first mm-hmm. and not worry about the game. Game's important, but, but it's not a concussion's nothing. To, but in defense, you know, parents and coaches need to be fully educated on all all the stuff. I mean, they, they really need to know everything about it. Yeah. And so just, she, maybe she didn't know how serious a concussion can be. I mean, I hope that I, mean, I hope that Christ I hope sakes. that's it. But I'm not. I'm the guy that will look her in the eye and I'll right. go. No, your son needs to come out of the game and your son doesn't need to go back prematurely uh, because, you know, a concussion is a, a small traumatic brain injury and you don't know what's going to happen. Did you see the kid in Georgia that died? Yeah. You know, that he came off the field. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that story? Yeah. Uh, I actually witnessed it at live at a football game here. Did you really? Yeah. Um, I was playing for the, um, Uti- not Utica Yardogs, the Mohawk Valley Vikings years ago. Okay. And um, kid got hit. Yeah. On, on, during the game and then uh, he went off to the sidelines and then drop drop dead right on the field the scary thing this is why I, I say these you know parents and coaches this kid in georgia came off the sidelines and they you know and the and the staff there the medical staff were great i'm not saying they did anything wrong they actually did everything correct and that's the scary part about a concussion you can do everything correct the kid came off the field he was alert and oriented on the field he got up stood up walked out with no balance problems nothing seven minutes later they're rushing the kid to the hospital, and he ends up dying. And it's the thing with a concussion; it can affect you hours later. Oh, big time! Yeah, it's all about yeah, it's about regression of symptoms. You got a ongoing a concussion this big because you can have a little uh, little blood clot, little hematoma uh, in your brain that you can't see inside your head mm-hmm. that can grow and put pressure on the brain and all that kind of stuff, and you can't see it growing. So you have to watch behaviors and and right, retest, reassess, and all that stuff. So, you know, there's still people, there's still coaches out there, and even parents, you know, coaches will, will say, you know what, just watch him. I just heard that recently in this last season. We weren't at a game. It was a JV game, and a kid, had, uh, actually it was, a, it was a girl, and soccer match, and she got beamed in the head with a soccer ball, and she had some, uh, some signs and and the you know and the coach was like told the parents just take her home and watch her, which I guess old school yeah you watch the kid if you see any, he, right. what he's really meaning is any deterioration but that person should have been evaluated right there on the spot should and have been evaluated. Do they know what to watch for? Well, and I guess it's like the watch. old days mentality is you just got your bell rung. You know yeah, what I mean? Yep. Like that, that's mm-hmm. you just oh I just got my bell rung I'll be okay. I mean, right. We talked yesterday with Joe Lode and I'm in a boxing match second round I get knocked over I had a concussion. But I just kept fighting yeah. because you just figure, well, I got my bell rung. And you, you know what? The about. old school thought process, like, you know, some of the coaches, you know, they've been through it, too. They've had their bell rung and nothing ever happened. Right. right? We're good. We're mm-hmm. solid. You know, I gave a kid a concussion in wrestling when I, when I was in high school. And I feel bad about it now. Now that I know what a freaking concussion <laughs> is. But 
you know, the point is we've all we've all done it, and uh, it's not a sign of being tough. Right. And that's what you got to kind of change with this generation. It's not a sign of being tough. You got to be, you know, you got to be smarter. You got to mm-hmm. think because there's some really bad stuff with chronic concussion mm-hmm. out there, and you see it in the news, and you know, with the yeah, it could like Hernandez affect you and your all. whole yeah, life. Yeah. Really, it's crazy. Well, stuff. like now you're seeing people like Junior Seau, you know, who. Played for what 15, 16 years in the NFL and was one of the top players, you know, at, at linebacker. And the guy's a Hall of Famer and ended up, you know, because of the concussions, ended up killing himself. Yep. And yeah. uh, they just have that psychological damage that affects them years down the road. Yeah. You just don't, it's a, it's a very serious thing. But I think, I think a key to this is, uh, you know, how we got involved was there was a local, uh, local sports medicine team that did, uh, that took care of a lot of the schools. And it was kind of abruptly brought to a stop. So this this physician left and went went somewhere else. And <clears throat> so all these schools were kind of left hanging, mm-hmm. like no real right. notice. So they had all these games planned and scheduled and everything, and they had nobody. So we jumped up. We did our due diligence, and we covered like seven different high schools, took care of them. But the proper thing to do is at the beginning of a season is to get all the parents of, of the players the coaches and everybody in an auditorium setting and have an educational seminar and say, look, this is our approach. This is why we do what we do. We're not like being overprotective when a kid comes out of the game and somebody landed on his tibia and he's got a big bump and we've, you know, we've got a positive percussion test and like certain things that we do to screen. Because you're not going to send a kid back out with a tibia fracture. Right. You, you know, you don't say, hey, look, suck it up and, and walk it off. Mm-hmm. I mean, we test people quickly on the sidelines you know i was at the dome for a couple games this year uh congratulations to Holland Patton. they did they did really well we followed them to the dome and um you know you have a kid that comes off the field i mean i'm not the guy that's going to say oh sit down and you know cure your boo-boo i'm right. i'm doing functional testing i want this kid back in the game more than he wants to be back in the game you know We're, we don't want to take people out right so I'll get them up, and we'll we'll do all this testing, and then we'll start with the walk, and then we'll start with the jog, the 10%, 20%, 30%, 60%, 70%. If the kid's jogging 90% and, he's not, and he doesn't have any pain and his pain's going away, well, right. obviously he doesn't have a major injury. Go right. back and, he just got his bell rung. Go back in and crush it. Well, no, no, no. Well, that's a different story <laughs> if he gets his bell rung. Well, you know, that's a whole different assessment. So but I'm saying orthopedically. Yeah, but... Yeah. but but yeah, but you, know, you could tell the difference between getting you know, knocked down and oh yeah, getting I've, a broken bone. Oh, I've gone on the field and the, and the kid's pinky's you know ninety degrees, his joints out. He's like, "Can I go back in?" I'm like, "Well, <laughs> should we reduce the uh, dislocation first or what?" You know, but the, but the kids, I gotta give it to them. They're they're great. These they kids, go. they they just want to play. They don't care. You know, strap my pinky up next to my shoulder and I'm going in. Yep. So that's the athlete care, but what we were getting yeah, to. Yeah, so we were trying to get to the elder, but then we got side. <laughs> I guess we that's the that cool often. thing about a podcast. I'm yeah. I'm learning. This is my first podcast. Oh, it goes everywhere. This is yeah. great. It goes everywhere. Get sidetracked all we're over. meandering all over the joint here. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about, and we'll come back around can to I something have that completely Absolutely. different. Absolutely, go for it. So let's get back to I got, so evolving careers and passions. And I got to tell you, it's the older adult that has my heart. These well, they days. get forgotten, you know, or it's, oh, she's 85. What does she have left anyways? And you and you, and I, I've seen this, so I can say this. You look at them and you go, she's made it 85 years. Let's make sure she gets the most out of her next five. Yep. And you know, next, and that's next five, where your get approach her to is 10. so much different. Yeah. You know? I mean, the problem is, like, you know, I, I can say, because I've gone through, a, you know, an entire career really practicing. Mm-hmm. 
21 years. Right. And I've seen it all. I started out volunteering at a nursing home and seeing what it was like there. I actually did some bad stuff, I got to tell you. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, you didn't talk about disruption. No, listen. Talk <laughs> I didn't. I was I was a volunteer. I was getting volunteer hours. But talk about disruption. How many volunteers go into a nursing home and see this 95-year-old lady? She's eating this crappy food. I went home and cooked her a filet. <laughs> I brought her, I snuck her in food. I was cooking fish for this lady. I found out she loved salmon. I made her a salmon dish. Oh like, that's the. I can see you. That's yeah. who I was then. That's who I am now. I carry yeah. that with me. I cared about this lady. And I didn't know anything back then. But you really shouldn't be sneaking in meals to nurse him. <laughs> but she loved me. That's for sure. We had a good, you know, she loved me. Joey Martin right there. Yeah. He brought me salmon. So until you find out she was on like a sodium free diet. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Can't have fish. <laughs> oh, you're diabetic, so that glazed donut wasn't a good thing then? Uh, okay. Uh, you only live once. Yeah, that's Not for crazy. long, but here, have some pasta. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so but yeah, really it's a major crisis and it's a major problem in our country uh, with older adults and falls. I mean, in oh, two, yeah. 2015 we spent 50 billion dollars our healthcare system $50 billion on direct medical costs related to falls in the elderly. That's huge. Number one cause of death in, in older adults. How do uh, we prevent for, it? In, in relation to falls. Uh, well, that's an amazing question. Thank you. I and try I'm, to come and up I'm with so one every now and, and, I, and again. And honestly, I wish the whole world was listening because I have this little soapbox, and here it is. <clears throat> The government and the governmental agencies, they're big, like the National um, Association on Aging and all that kind of stuff, um, the, uh, the CDC, you know, all these governmental agencies, they have great intent. And they build these programs and they build these comprehensive programs that they want to launch across the country. Okay, so for example, assessing risk in older adults. Mm-hmm. They want primary care offices to screen these older adults. Okay, well, how do we get all these primary care providers to adopt this all over the country and make a big impact on on this crisis? Some of this was back in 2005, and there's still primary care practices, many, many, like even in our area, that are not assessing fall risk and frailty risk and pre-frailty risk in primary care. The problem is they're getting Maggie when she comes in because she already fell. So they're getting her post-fall, but we're not screening people. And I have to say, in defense of the primary care people, you know, a lot of these big programs are comprehensive and they would take 10, 15, 18 minutes to administer on a patient. Well, our primary care providers don't have 15 minutes extra. They don't even have 15 minutes for the appointment usually. <laughs> they yeah. don't. They're busy. They're busy. They're inundated they, they with are. patients. And it's and you know what? In our industry, in defense of our primary care providers, it's always more, 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 more productivity, more productivity, less time, more regulation, more well, paperwork. Well, you get less pay, too. The in, you know, the insurance companies stu- start Reimbursement declines. It's like, you know. So... Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. That's a a phenomenal point. I've seen it. It makes it hard. So the problem is, you know, the National Council on Aging is a wonderful institution. You got the CDC. Everybody's got great intent. But the practicality of some of the things that come out 
I, you know, I think can be improved. Right. For instance, I designed a risk screening um, test, kind of. So I went to the evidence. I went to the medical journals, and I pulled out the best evidence there was. And out of that best evidence, I said, well, out of all these things, what is, you know, how likely am I going to get a primary care provider to do this in their office? Okay. So then I picked a time. I said, okay, it's got to be less than two minutes. If it's less than two minutes, we, we got a chance at success right, here. Right. So that's what I did. I pulled together the best evidence available, designed it for less than two minutes, and then I went out and started teaching um, and collaborating with physicians and nurse practitioners and PAs, and um, and I'm still on that mission. So we're going to do it. And you know the thing is... I know you will. I know you will. Thanks, Eddie. And you know the thing is, it's not... What we also noticed with the primary care providers that were doing it, they believed in it. They believed in risk assessment, but only 10% did anything about it. So once you identify the risk. You have to do something or why bother to identify it? Right, exactly. So what's the value of identification of risk? The problem was the intervention that primary care, within their scope of practice that Mm -hmm. primary care providers can do is educate. Well, you've got literally a minute to educate an older adult and maybe their their adult daughter. And you know, right? Um, you know, listen, you got to remove throw carpets. You got to hold on to things when you're home. Like you give your mm-hmm. education so that that adult is good for the next day. Right. Where to put railings and things? Yeah, and they don't even. And, and honestly, they don't even have time to get into the environmental aspects, which we can talk about. But but the problem is they they just. It's basically a passerby education type thing, and then they're gone, and then that's it. Right. Well, that's not going to reduce risk. You you need intervention. These people need intervention. People that are walking slower, people that can't get out of a chair five times. So we were right. just talking on the way over here. I have a very uh, close friend. <clears throat> He's 84 in this area. And uh, we have a senior screen that every single one of my staff do when when anybody 65 years or older come into our practice it's mandatory that they screen these individuals for fall risk and and frailty risk okay i have a nice little screen i set up you might want to add that to my file (laughs) (laughs) only after she's been drinking (laughs) the you know the scary thing is this is the truth of it too by how someone performs on certain parameters, you can predict that they're going to be hospitalized within a certain period of time or uh, admitted into a nursing home. Like, what are some of the red flags that you would say they're a ri- uh, fall risk? One of the one of the biggest red flags out there right now, the mo- and the most practical to test in any setting is gait speed. How fast someone walks. Slower, the more. Yep, and it's not. And then you know, and that's a cool thing to talk about because if we think about it. Most older people walk slower, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that necessarily correlate to functional decline and them going to be hospitalized and institutionalized? Well, what has to happen is we have to, we have to really evaluate the underlying circumstances of why they're walking slower. So you can't just take somebody that's walking slow. Okay, this person was 0.6 meters per second, and we want to get them to 1.2 meters per second, okay? Oh, let's just, Maggie, walk faster. Let's go. Walk faster. It doesn't work that way. There's other things. There's a reason, There's why, a reason why she's, she's walking slower. 
So if you don't target all those other things, but from an identification standpoint, think about it. Primary care providers, for a person to walk four meters, right? Mm-hmm. Three feet in a meter, right. 12 feet. Uh, that's it. Like, it takes literally less than four seconds to do a four-meter gate speed test. You can do that in primary care. But then know what to do with it. Right. With the risk. You know, you got to get an intervention for these people. Problem is there's no intervention. Then you see rehab programs. Here's my big problem with the old school stuff. You know, you get, you line up the older adult in a wheelchair, 10 in a row, maybe one or two people working with them. And these people... You know, they're kicking their legs in the air. They're lifting their knees. They're, you know, everybody lift your arms. You know, in my gracious opinion, and I'm experienced, so I have the right. I'm not a student. Right. My gracious opinion is it's a big waste of time because they're, no, they're going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I have a great example uh, recently. One of my uh, very, very skilled uh, physical therapist assistants is um, Jenna Soper. She's in my New Hartford site. Love this girl. She's she's wonderful. I mean, all my staff are. But I, I'm speaking of a specific example. Um, I recently had a gentleman call me, and he knew me from back when you and Todd knew me from a long time ago. Like, I trained this guy. So he called me up, and he says, hey, you know, my mom's in rehab, and I just wanted you to look at her because I don't like the answers I'm getting. I said, okay, no problem. We'll go look at her. So she's in rehab. She was in independent living. Mm-hmm. Um so when you're in rehab, she fell a few times. So when you're in rehab, when you come out of that rehab, you're, you, she's either going back into independent living or she's going into a nursing home. Okay, so you know, it doesn't take a, you know, a rocket scientist to, to figure out which way you want to go, right? So anyway, her, <coughs> she came into me and, and, and he said, listen, my mom, I wanted you to see her because she failed rehab and she's going into a nursing home. And this guy knew me. So he says, well, if if Joe says she's going into a nursing home, she's going into a nursing home. But until he says it, she's yeah. not going to a nursing home. So so I brought her in. I screened her. I did all the screens on her, evaluated her. And, um, you know, I asked him questions. I said, do you go to rehab with your mom? you go to physical therapy with her? He said, yeah. I said, well, describe it to me. And that's exactly how he described it. Ten people in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. kicking their legs up in the air, marching in place, blah, blah, blah. You know, the criteria to get her in back into independent living was she had to toilet herself. So she had to be able to get up and down off of the toilet. That was it. That's it. So kicking your feet in the air, marching in place. Not teaching them how to get up out of the chair. No, it's not. Seems pretty simple, right? Right. So anyway, long story short, three weeks in my place with Jenna Soper, physical therapist assistant, right? Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, this girl was in independent living. 93 years old. And she could probably do more than just get off a toilet. Oh, amazing. Like, but it takes mm-hmm. a personalized functional approach. These older people don't want to sit in a line of people and just go through motions and lift their arms and their legs and everything else and a one-pound cuff weight on their ankle. Well, it's just like when people go to the gym. You know, they're, they're so nervous about other people looking at them and, and they get, and, and let's face it, old people get kind of stubborn. You know? Right. <laughs> and they don't want to do it. You're right. Yeah. So until they get that personal care and they trust somebody. Well, and at the end of, well, here's, here's the kind of the issue. When you're 93 years old and you, 
and, and you're just kind of in a system and you just kind of get directed in that system. You know, you got people saying, oh, you failed rehab. You didn't do good. You mm-hmm. failed rehab. You got to go into a nursing home. Sometimes a 93-year-old, they don't know any better unless they know. Like her son knew me. If he didn't know me, she'd it, be in a nursing home it. right now. That's it. And that's where it tugs at my heartstrings because this wonderful lady who had a beautiful life, 93 years, she's at a Y in the road. You know what I mean? She can go this way or that way. And she was going down that dreaded path. And she didn't because she she got saved. But what about the people that aren't getting saved? Right. Like there's more. Slipping through the cracks. Mm-hmm. The other nine people in that line in the, tr- right. you know, the wheelchairs. To be honest They're with you, do you know what I would love to do? I would love every rehab center, every nursing home, I would love to go and direct their programs. And, and love these older adults. You do not want to Maybe get me started on nursing homes. Step. And I don't give a damn about money. Maybe Just, that's your next I'll do step it for free. I'll do educate. it for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to get me started on nursing homes. Such a bad, bad... You know, and I got to say, with that said, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, but I'm going to say, with that said, there's, there's some amazing that, staff. Yeah. There's some phenomenal staff in all these nursing homes. I have to say, my mother did go through that at Lutheran with the, you know, this and that. But the people there... Even though that was the program they had to go by, they really did care. They were they were good. They had heart, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And well, and leader. The, the care was good. But leadership's important. It exactly comes from leader. It comes from leadership. Yeah. You need evidence based older adult right. care in every institution. Yeah, absolutely. Be, because these people aren't absolutely. You know, you know, they. It's not that they can't get up. And they need to sit there and do straight leg raises on a right. on a mat well, table. Well, there's not a one one solution to all of the issues any, either. That's right. So if you catch somebody during your screening process, right, and you say, okay, they're a high risk for fall, what um, what what kind of program do you put them on to like prevent them from falling? Well, um, you have age related muscle uh, wasting, sarcopenia. Um, so, um, and not just muscle wasting, but also muscle strength. So. Depending on why the person is at risk, there's so many so many factors. Like, for instance, it, it might not even be muscle strength or balance. It could be fear of falling. So if somebody's fallen, 90% of older adults, if they've fallen or, you know, lost their balance before, they're afraid to fall. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is one of the biggest risk factors for falling is the fear of falling. And that is why, you know, sometimes they, they walk slower because they're afraid they're going to fall. So all of it cautious. is like, can you, yeah. Well, and so, they're thinking about it, I they're think. Th- they're thinking like about if, it. If you walk along and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to drop my phone, oh, I'm going to drop my phone, you're going to drop mm-hmm. your phone. That's it. That's they exactly gonna right. I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall, and then you fall. Well, and think about it, how they perceive themselves. I'm old, I'm frail, I failed my bones therapy, are weak. I failed this test, I failed that. I don't like that word. Yeah. When, when yeah, when yeah. they But fear, of, so, right. so to answer your question is, d- depending on, all the factors that are underlying the the big red flags, but most of the time, it's lower extremity strength. They're weak, um, and their balance is off. They don't, you know. And the thing is, their balance is progressively getting worse. And unless you're doing something consistently, you know, you can't just stand on one leg in the mirror one day a week. You have to really work at it to improve your balance. I mean, that's huge. Balance is big. Balance is a really big thing. Well, it also feeds into your confidence, as like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know you got balance, you're going to have the confidence to walk. Right, and then we get into all programs aren't created equal. So, for instance, 
if somebody really truly, if, if a 90-year-old woman comes into me and I see that she has a strength deficit in her quadricep muscles, which is critical for you and your, and your butt muscles, critical for getting off the toilet. I got none of those. You got none of those. <laughs> you got no butt. I got no butt. No. Um, but those muscles are critical. When I put her through strengthening, you know, I'm not giving her a one-pound cuff weight and sitting in a chair and having her lift her leg. If she's going to do a knee extension, we all know what knee extensions are. Well, she needs progressive overload. You, you need to really make this lady work hard, go to 8 to 12 repetitions and, and you know, fatigue at the end. And, like, you have to give her something. A one-pound cuff weight, just somebody flying their leg in the air. You're wasting her time. You're wasting insurance reimbursement dollars. And, and for me, it's unskilled care, and you're billing for that to insurance companies. That's abuse. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, like, Medicare abuse. Um, we don't deal with that in my practice and all of my staff know we are, I'm adamant about that. If I ever walk through one of my centers and I have in the past, you know, people, you're getting your routines and stuff way in the past. Nobody does. Nobody that works for me now does that, but you'll see somebody will be on the, on the, on the table doing their own thing. And the therapist is, you know, off in the other room, not in my practice. That was long, 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 long time ago that I get, those people don't last in my company. Mm. You got to do something skilled. If we're going to bill for skilled therapy, you're going to do skilled therapy, and forget because it's a regulation. But you're not giving the patient any value right. if you're not doing skilled therapy. If you're just they're flailing their legs in the air, you're just wasting time. We're getting paid for this lady to lay there, and fl- she can do that at home. And then she'll be back in two or three months later. Same problem. Yeah, she'll never get better. Yep. Same problem, or yeah, maybe worse. she's got now she's got a stroke and or whatever. She's got or she fell. Traumatic brain injury, yeah, from a fall. Uh, Tiffany's checking, and she said uh, they don't have the tools in place for confidence for independent living. I don't really know what that means. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't have the tools in place to teach the people, perhaps. I don't know what she means by that. I'm not sure, but put anybody in contact with me. I'll show everybody. <laughs> Out of love, too. Not, not I'm not going to come in and be, you know, and pop. That's, yeah. that's I a really good idea, too, though. I mean, Yeah, I would love to. I, and I don't mean, I don't come in and, and be pompous and say, hey, I know this, you don't. I would want to, I want to help these older people because it's really, you know, you think about it, like, I it's really. passion for you. Yeah. I, I take life very seriously. Like, I've lost a lot of people in my life. Yeah. And to early death. My dad died at 56. My mom just died last year. I take life very seriously. And then I look at these older adults where I know I'm heading someday. And I look at them and they're the grandmothers and the grandfathers. And it's like, I want to save them because I, because of my knowledge. I know I can save them. And then when I see these other things going on, it breaks my heart. Because I know that they don't have to go to the nursing home right now. They could have five more years in independent living. And, and with life being so important, five years is an eternity. Oh, if you're happy. Oh, yeah. And you're not lonely and you're not, you know, you're not. And you're active and yeah. enjoying life. And, and think about it. Think about this. We're talking about this 93-year-old lady that said, you failed rehab. You're going to the nursing home. She was seen six times in my outpatient center. Three-week period, she's back in independent living. Because we did everything and anything that we could to get her up and down off that toilet. And she f- came through. She did it. She was mo- This lady was motivated. She wasn't lazy. Right. She, she just didn't, didn't know. Yeah, right. exactly. She, she just, just didn't know. So do you know when I, when I go to sleep at night, I don't ever stay up all night. I sleep well because Jenna Soper, mm-hmm. 
change this lady's trajectory. And this lady's probably going to live another five, ten years. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me, I have a, my grandmother's 93 as well. Oh, yeah? And she's been in and out of rehab. She b- broke her hip. Um, she broke her hip at like 90 or 91. And usually that's, you know, yeah. the, you know that's it. You're done. You're you absolutely know? right. And um, they put her in a home, you know, put her in a nursing home. I'm like, she's not staying here. We actually had a meeting with the home. And I'm like, she's coming out. And I promised her she was out, and she came out. And she, but like, if she just was in a room doing the you know leg presses with like ten other people, she, she would have never gotten better. Right. But she needed. She's the type of person that you need to get at her and like, come on, get up. And she's a tough woman. And still to this day, ninety three years old, she can walk herself to the bathroom. That's and, awesome. Um, I mean, she has fallen in the past. Sure. But um, you know, you're ninety three. But the <laughs> fact that like she needed that extra care, that personalized, you know, like. Having trust in somebody that's dedicated to teaching her what she needs to do and why she needs to do it. Putting your legs in the air with a weight on it, nobody knows why. Right. Especially when you're 93, you're like, why am I doing this? this right. What am I going to do for this? But when you got personalized care and they're saying, okay, so this is what we're going to do. So now you're gonna, legs are going to get stronger so you can walk. Right. You know, for a 93-year-old, that's huge because that, that gives them that confidence. That gives them that drive, that motivation. Right. This is why we're doing it. So you can go to the independent living instead of a right. home. You know, and the other thing about nursing homes and uh, institutions and rehabs like that, you know, there are regulations and insurances. I mean, we're all trying to make it in this healthcare industry. Even these these nursing home administrators with all their stuff. I mean, they can't hire fourteen physical therapists or assistants to be on each one. You know, there's got to be some great ideas that come out that can get these people functional care. Um, without having to hire right. many, many people, because financially, they can't, they can't do it. So it's not. I'm. So I'm not. I don't. I don't ever say any of this to point fault. I say I would love to collaborate with people to make it better. Mm-hmm. And however that has to happen, because I know effect myself, change. effect change. And I know, I know, just being in business myself, you got to wear a clinician hat and a business hat. You got to understand that healthcare is a business and we have to survive and all my employees and I you know I, I constantly kind of let let on to my employees and let them know, you know, I know this this and this, but we are a business. We in order for you to have a career and a job, we got to survive in light of Decreasing reimbursements, increased regulations, increased insurance premiums. One of the biggest things coming. Yeah, exactly. One of the biggest things coming down the pike now. And I'm and I'm sad about is is the uh, the ever increasing um, demands for treatment by physical therapists, but not by physical therapist assistants. So the value of physical therapist assistance is at risk, which and, bothers me because and you know the stories you've told. You have some love my love. Assistance. So can you like elaborate on it a little bit yeah, more? Like, yeah, yeah. I so let me just start by saying yes, you're right. I love 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 my physical therapist assistants, and they are all really skilled like physical therapists. So for instance, New York State um, for an injured worker. Physical therapist assistants can't treat injured workers. It has to be a physical therapist, which makes absolutely no sense. Zero sense. So, because by New York State Practice Act, physical therapist assistants can treat anybody a physical therapist can treat. They're under their supervision. Right. 
and um, so you they can't treat them. There's another insurance, Tricare, that they're we're working on getting physical therapist assistance to be able to treat patients, but it's again more red tape in the government, military, mm-hmm. uh, and now in a couple years. Uh, Medicare is going to start paying us business owners less, uh, 15% less, uh, for services provided to Medicare patients uh, by a physical therapist assistant. So you get paid less for the assistant immediately, like, like off wow. the like my practice alone. Just just to give you kind of an idea, I'll lose between 150 and 180 thousand dollars a year wow. in revenue immediately. Just because they decided to do this, and who loses that revenue? The people that are doing the work. Because I lose the revenue, but know? PTAs lose job security. Right, because what are you going to do? You can't. The more you know, the, the trend. You know, with the workers' comp, you got Medicare cutting, mm-hmm. you got Tricare. Everybody's saying, basically, in essence, saying physical therapist assistants aren't aren't as worthy. You know, we're not going to reimburse you for them. Which is a bunch of crap. I mean, they're they're with the New York State Education Department. They have to take a licensing exam. In my opinion, my PTAs in my practice are skill more skilled than many PTs I've seen. Like they're they are unbelievable and they're really vital to our practice. And then we get back to the whole hey, hire good people. Right. They're they change lives every day. I just told you about Jenna right. Soper, but that's just one of one thousands of, many, of stories. Yeah. Oh my God, the PTAs in my company are unbelievable. So. So here's me. This is the business. This is Mr. Entrepreneur Joe Martin, okay? I don't say, well, in three years, we're just going to have to, you know, we got, you know, unfortunately, I love these guys, but we're going to have to lay them off. We have to just bring PTs on, do physical therapy, and, and PTAs are just, you know, we just got to kind of downsize. We'll cut them in half. So half of you are losing your job, half you're not. No. I said, we're going to Syracuse. <laughs> we're going to open four centers, make $800,000 a year. You could take the 150 Medicare, <laughs> but I'll make 800 and I'll keep my PTAs. How's that sound? That's my strategy. Seriously, that's, that's really right. my business strategy. I just want to, I'm going to make more money so I don't ever have to affect my PTAs. Period. It's a great approach. That's it. You I love my PTAs. You could very easily took the other way, like you said, and just start eliminating your P, you know, PTAs and then just. Joe doesn't think that way. He's he's not even wired that way. Well, when and, <laughs> yeah, and when you've but but when you've been around these people, mm. I and mean, if they were substandard or something like that, you know, I don't know. I might feel differently, but I don't because I've seen, I've experienced my PTAs. Like I've got some PTAs that have followed me around personally as a clinician, and uh, wouldn't trade them for the world. Mm. I mean, you know, Becky Noble. Becky, this girl, PTA, she's followed me and opened several practices with me. And she was my right-hand girl because I trusted her with my patients. And she was very good, and her patients loved her. And um, you you can give me the best physical therapist in the world, put them right next to Becky Noble, and they ain't got a chance. You'd never know she was an assistant. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Unless you knew she was an assistant. Yeah, you wouldn't know. So, so... I, when I go back to saying, hey, I have a responsibility to a lot of employees, I'm not going to let my PTAs, who I value so much, drop off and become right. less valuable. That's a bunch of crap just because the government Somebody thinks signs. that they should be yeah, paid. You know, we should be reimbursed 15% less. It's a big impact on a bigger practice. Oh, it is. That's huge. You know, 
But we're not. It's not even going to happen. Matter of fact, by that happens, we'll be four in Syracuse and maybe three in Rochester. Yeah. You'll what do you think so about that? You're not going okay. east. Maybe. <laughs> hey, all I need is an opportunity, brother. If you got one, let me know. <laughs> Who knows? He may be down in Florida too. Oh yeah, there you go. Adeline, shh! Don't Fun- tell anybody. You're breaking the ice here. Function better from November to April. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I went through ninety uh, two years ago. I went through ninety percent of the licensing process in Florida, and it's just a laws exam. It's nothing big. It's a it's a small. I just I just didn't end up doing it. You and will when you're ready. I will when I'm ready. When you're ready. No, I, no, 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 I have. Still, you're still too young to move to Florida. Yeah, but you get the retirement centers. <laughs> Bing. You're, yep. There you go. Well, now I have these. Uh, now I have employees telling me, um, you are going to open in Florida, right? Because I need to do a rotation down there for eight weeks. Just stay away, <laughs> f- stay away from the one that Addie was talking about yesterday on air. Because oh apparently gosh. you don't want to go there. Uh-oh. There's this retirement <laughs> community down in Florida, and it's like the highest STD rate in like Oh, great. Anywhere. Oh, great. Nice. <laughs> anywhere. What kind but, of operation you know, do we got going on there? minute joe they probably really need the the physical therapy to stay flexible and agile oh my god probably a whole different program you might have to write a new program for that place but i'm thinking they'd be in for some some calisthenics where where in the world is this conversation going i guess i guess when you say disruption network i guess we're getting (laughs) well you know just gotta steer clear you know make sure you're you're, yeah don't go there joe you don't want any part of that one But um, yeah. I mean, I I I can see you out in Albany anyway. I will go. I will go everywhere. Like, you know, again about evolution. I don't know. Three years ago, I was like, no, nah, we're good with you know, we're good with six, seven centers. I'm good. I I'm changed that. Here. I changed it. I, I my wife was just telling me this at lunch today. Joe, last year you were saying you weren't going to grow any more centers, and now we're growing more centers. Hi, Kimmy. You've been married to me he's for like 25 years. He's a woman, years. isn't he? He changes his mind every 10 minutes. He's, he's well, the Billy that, Facillo of the, f- the physical therapy. You know what? That's, huge. But that's what I told her. I said, yeah. I said that's me. That's my makeup. I changed my mind. Uh, things change. I had an idea. We evolve. I, I did. And you I had a, ideas. I had a big reason to go to Syracuse, though. I, I really went and built a relationship with an organization, and, uh, and it worked out well, so I was able to go there. And I actually, well, Anyway, I had a I had a patient out in the Syracuse area that I did very well with, and that that person um, happened to be very well connected um, and had a lot of legs, and and so we found a marriage with another you know organization that was the the seed that I needed mm-hmm. for me to say okay I'm going to try a new market, and ultimately I just. I go back to my day one as a physical therapist and what I love to do and the passion I had for these people. And I've seen it grow within the Utica market with all the great people that I have. Yeah. And it's infectious. I just want to do more for more people and affect change. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's where I'm evolving in my career. I don't want to practice anymore. I'm not practicing physician. Yeah. Or I'm not a practicing physical therapist anymore. I mean, I did a consult today in Yorkville because I'll still do that. But I don't want to practice you know, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. I did that for 20 years mm-hmm. and I loved it. Like my best moments was when I could lose myself in a patient and look them in the eye and just like forget the world and be there with them. But I did that for 20 years mm-hmm. and my staff does it now. So I kind of get that gratitude and, and that feeling of um, accomplishment mm-hmm. through so many staff that I have. But now we can go to different markets and do it. It's really exciting. It's cool. 
Now you're affecting more change. You know, when you have when you have 20 hands doing your work or 40 hands or 60 hands, you, you can reach out. And, you but know. you're also teaching these people the right way of doing things. You right. know what I mean? Not yeah. teaching them that, that the slick extension. way of, like, just right. collecting the check and whatever. These people are learning the correct way to handle patients. They are. And, you know, the more you the more you evolve and the more you grow, the more you stick to your guns. And you really can, you know, you feel like you can say what you want to say and be who you want to be. Like, I think I've earned it. I've been in the business for a long time. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care about anybody judging. I'm going to say what I want to say. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. Always comes back to your patient. Any provider out there, you have a responsibility to your patient first. I don't care what the industry says. I'm not afraid of Medicare with all the regulate. Matter of fact, I love Medicare, to be honest with you. You won't hear too many providers say that. I love Medicare because they hold providers accountable. Mm -hmm. There's some things. I mean, they bring up new programs that, like, they want to start tomorrow, and they expect you to start tomorrow. So, you know, the government regulation type stuff. But I do believe in accountability. I do believe in being transparent. So I do like, I, I like things that hold me accountable and keep me you know, on my toes. But in the other effect too, I mean, people don't understand they bitch about Medicare and Medicaid and all that stuff, but they don't realize that it's allowing people to get help that need it. They can't afford it. Absolutely. You know, so like people forget about that aspect sometimes, right. you know, because you get the whole rigmarole of all the bullshit that they put you through. But really when it comes down to it, these it's giving people a chance to get better. Yes, it, it is. And, and you know what, you know, to toot, toot the horn of not myself, but my profession. <clears throat> We don't get the credit we deserve as physical therapists. We're, we are neuromusculoskeletal experts. We love physicians. We love orthopedic surgeons. But we, we always get the, the low end. Like, we're the low man on the low man, low woman on the totem pole. Oh, on let's the totem just pump. try physical therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or after the surgery, <laughs> yeah. okay, you go physical therapy and you'll be all set. But they're slowly figuring it out. Okay, when you go to someone and they send you to five or six diagnostic tests and $15,000 later, you can come into our practice and in three minutes your pain's gone because we know exactly where the problem is. Oh, Without wait, spending, they want to operate on your shoulder? Well, it's your neck. Right. Here, right. stretch. Well, you just said it. You just said it, a perfect example. It's true, though. I get that people, just happened. Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> I get people that come in and they've been to five different diagnostic tests and I'm blown away because we'll get someone breaking our chops to, to, to pay us three four hundred dollars for a physical therapy program and they just went and spent fifteen thousand dollars on diagnostic tests exposed this patient to all these imagings and I could have done it in you know five minutes but I told them what was wrong even in, in in reverse factor like I went to you for like three or four months and you you, you came up to me like dude I think you need surgery yeah and you like recommended that i get an mri of my shoulder and my doctor insisted that i didn't need it which said it was just inflammation it turned out my uh uh ligaments were shredded yep you know so i had the surgery and then i went right back to you i've had a i've had a lot of great um experiences over my career i gotta tell you a lot of times um i've had i've had people who had hip replacements that didn't need a hip replacement you know that wasn't their hip it was a lumbar spine you know how do you have that conversation <laughs> with a patient laying, out, laying on your table? Well, geez, you still have pain. Yeah, that's because they took out the wrong part. Yeah. Oh, you still have deep groin pain? Well, that's odd because usually after you have a total hip replacement, the hip joint is not there anymore, so you shouldn't really have that gnawing groin pain anymore. Uh, let's try this. So you, you know, I, I reach my hand under this woman's lower back, 
and I rotated one of her vertebra just ever so slightly, like maybe 20 degrees, and her pain went away. She goes, that's the first time in 12 months I haven't had groin pain, just by me touching one part of her spine and moving it, right? Well, that was diagnostic. What that told me was she didn't need a hip replacement. Right. <laughs> so... <sighs> And so how do you say that to a patient? And, you know, I mean, you, you know, you're in a, I'm in a position because I got a surgeon mm-hmm. that just did a hip replacement and, and she didn't need it. And uh, he might have had a kid in college. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he might have had a kid in college. But, you know, but that happens all the time. And, and again, back to back to, you know, go to go to the specialist that you need to go to because a, a lot of surgeons aren't spine specialists they're not they don't really screen for the you know the neurological stuff the problem with this lady here's what happened she already had a replacement hip replacement on the other side okay one plus one is two and two plus two is four so she had she had hip replacement on her right side and in her left hip she was having a lot of groin pain okay there's your two plus two Mm -hmm. and then you take an x-ray and she's got a lot of arthritis in her hip. So you just assume that she needs another hip replacement on the left. But there was no screening done for her spine. And it was her back, 100%. Uh, I wonder if her other hip had to be replaced or if that (laughs) pain was from the spine as well. I mean, it would go to reason if you you have spine pain, they replace a hip, you still have spine pain, they want to replace the... uh, It's my problem with some of these doctor offices. They don't spend enough time on diagnostic. They, They... want to put you in a pigeonhole and say, okay, we found something wrong with you. We're going to go mm-hmm. with this. Instead of really looking like I had a friend, they treated her arm uh, injury. Then they treated her for why she was losing weight, but they never tested her heart. And at 27 years old, she died of a heart attack. Jeez. You know what I mean? And, and I've gone to several doctors that told me, oh, I didn't need hip surgery and nothing was wrong. And then come to find out my hip was uh, completely shredded. Same labor. Yep. Same as my shoulder. And uh, they kept insisting, oh, you're fine. You're fine. I mean, then why can't I sleep at night? Why can't I sit? Why can't I walk? Ghost. And um, nothing, nothing, nobody took the time to actually look. They just wanted to like, pigeonhole you. Oh, we didn't see something right away. Like, there you go. Yeah. You're good. You're fine. They told me, you're fine. Yeah, it's shoddy, that's shoddy medicine. That's shoddy medicine. I, I have no patience for that. I don't care if they're a physical therapist, orthopedic surgeon, neuro specialist. I don't care who it is. If you don't take the time and really differentially, like if, if you come to me and I truly, honestly, can't figure out what's going on then i'm sending you somewhere else and i'm not leaving you like when you go to that next person if they don't figure it out it's not up you know you just got to live with it okay hold on we're gonna Mm -hmm. try somebody else yeah we're going no we're gonna there's an answer yeah there's an answer there is an answer and we got to find it and just because you you know physical therapy can't help you right now I'm going to find that answer with you. Well, I'm following you until that answer is found. I literally had to argue with my doctor about my shoulder injury. And it wasn't until you told him and you wrote in your report that you think I might need shoulder surgery. Yeah, labrum. And because of that, it was the same thing as my hip. And he was the same guy who did the same surgery. So like, you would think he would know what to look for. But it, it, it just it befuddles me how these people can keep operating this way. And, you know... Thank you for actually taking the time to evaluate it and, and letting him know. Say, hey, listen, you might want to look at a surgery for them. Well, it all goes back to you have to be your own, you know, advocate. You really do have mm-hmm. to advocate for yourself. That's, that you needs to, make sure that needs that to be in a Bible. 
you know, well, that you just you're said those choosing words. the right people who are going to advocate for and, you as well. And going back to the, the elderly, you know, I mean, have the right people advocating for them because how many right. times it's like, a, like you said, a daughter or a son or a, a sister or a brother that just they don't they don't know any better and they just don't sometimes don't care. And they just, OK, well, this is what we got to do. And they don't understand what needs to happen so you need to write people advocating for these you know the elderly absolutely you know you guys this this i gotta tell you this, this is a, this is a great um this is a great podcast because this is stuff people need to hear and talk about you know because it happens all the time it does there, listen there's in this area people say oh i gotta go somewhere else for good care and all that you know there's there's wonderful physicians in this area there's wonderful surgeons in this area so but there's there's careless and bad apples everywhere. Oh yeah, in every every profession there's there, good and there bad is. everywhere. But you but you just said the words. You have to be your own self advocate. Mm-hmm. You can't take anybody's word as gold and you shouldn't and, and the and the provider shouldn't take offense to it. No. Like if I tell you something and you don't quite you're not sure if you believe me, I'm not mad at you. I hear I hear patients come into me and tell me, "Well, my doctor was mad. He said, "Well, I'm not going to be your doctor. You go be with another doctor." That's a bad approach. You got to, you know, you got to let a patient speak and you have to believe this is your life. You're talking about a surgical procedure. Right. If if you don't you're not quite sure and you don't believe me, then let's find out together. Let's find out what the real answer is. Maybe I'm wrong. I I let's actually find it have, out. I threw my back up. I'm Coming out with a whole list of injuries right now. Like I told you, this podcast is bringing everything out of you, brother. Right? Right? How do you? How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Well, I threw my back out um, a few years back um, in '08, and I couldn't walk. I couldn't. I was. I couldn't walk for like two, three weeks, I think. And um, my doctor told me that I couldn't. I threw my back out because I don't eat breakfast in the morning. (laughs) Now, mind you, I threw my back out while eating breakfast. In the morning. Oh, geez. But I'm like, okay, I'm, st- I'm failing to f- see the correlation here between breakfast and my back. But then he told me I look like an apple on top of two matchsticks, which was awesome. You know, like, that's <laughs> a great, great, bo- you know, confidence booster. But then, like, just anytime I asked him a question, just got real angry and just dismissed me. Anything I said after that. And I was just like, well, how are you that? in practice? Yeah. I, 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 I tell you, in my, in my practice, if I had a provider like that in my practice of PT, they wouldn't be with me. No, there's no, there's no room for that ever. No. Because, you know, the, the thing in the past is, and it goes down to, you know, like going to an appointment if you're scheduled at 10 o'clock and you get in at 11.45, I got a problem with that. Because, you know, everybody's time is important. Everybody's time is important. And to be in at 10 and get in at 11.45, like people have to take time off of work for appointments. We don't do that. I mean, in my facility, I mean, it's, a, it's, diff- it's a different animal. I get it. But still, we've got to be more conscientious with people. And people are becoming more of their self-advocates. They're not going to put up with this crap. Right. That's why oh. telemedicine is going to take off. People are going to get treatments right in their own home. Oh, yeah. I can go into homes now and do outpatient physical therapy in the home for people that can't get to the center. We haven't really launched that on large scale just because we're not in that capacity right now. Seems but like we it might be some it. weird security. With, I mean, it must be just for like elderly, possible. Or? Uh, actually, anybody. It's it's just it's honestly on the on the billing form. It's just a different code one two. You do, what place of service? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can do it. And then the the, the difference between home. You know, home care where somebody's homebound physical therapy uh, is paid for by Medicare Part A, 
uh, and uh, outpatient physical therapy is part B, the difference being, you know, homebound versus not homebound and reaching a certain level. Um, but the point is people are looking for apps. They're looking, they're finding things on Google. They're looking at YouTube. They're looking physical yeah. therapists by Skype or doctors by Skype and telemedicine because they don't, they, who has time to go sit and wait an hour and 45 minutes for an appointment? WebMD. You don't. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I, I've are. honestly, in the past year, probably three appointments, you know, I've called before. Are you running behind? Mm -hmm. No. I get there. I look around the, the waiting room and I'm like, oh, bullshit, you're not behind. And I go to the woman. I'm like, well, are you running behind? No, it's not terrible. I'm like, okay, I'm going to hold my copay because it's 2 o'clock now and I have a 3.30 showing. Oh, hmm. yeah, you're not going to make that. So how are you not running behind if you're not going to have me in and out of here in an hour and a half? I sat on the table for an injection for two hours. I know, it wouldn't happen. Waiting for the doctor to show up. Two friggin' I look, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out of here. And they started arguing with me. I'm like... My appointment was two hours ago. He's still not here. I've I've taken time off from work. They go on my lunch. Well, you break. know who's going to lose. Uh, you know, and, and listen, there there is going to be some wait time. I get it. In a primary care office, orthopedics, everybody, it's not there. Listen, it's not all their fault. It's the no. way the industry's set up. They're inundated yeah. with people. They can only and take somebody. To, so yeah. you're going to have a wait. I'm not saying get in at the like in our practice. We have the luxury of letting people come in at the time of visit. Matter of fact, I go out to patients. I don't tell my staff this. Don't tell my staff this. But I'll go out to a patient. And, and I'll say, if your appointment's at 11 o'clock, you walk in and say, hi, I'm here for my 11 o'clock appointment. You don't wait. Shh, don't tell my staff I said that. But, <laughs> but I did because that's the service. Like no, they do. No, my staff are on it. My staff are on it. If you're scheduled at 11, you're getting in at 11. They're looking at you at, for like 10.55. Some practice, some pri like primary care and, and orthopedics, they don't have the luxury necessarily right. to do that exactly. And you, sh and you probably should expect a little bit of a wait time. But two hours, hour two hours, hour and a half, there's, we're working people. People have things to do. And, and, and who's going to lose is, is their offices because as, like you just said, people are becoming self-advocates. Mm -hmm. People are becoming smarter about their health care. We are more mobile. We want quick solutions. We're not going to wait. Back in, the, back in the old day, that's the doctor. You get on your knees and you bow down and whatever he says, oh, she says, goes. Yeah. You listen to that. That's not happening anymore. This this generation that's coming up, number one, doesn't even go to the doctor. No. They're not even going to go. They're going to Google. Yeah. They're going to find out. They're going to go to Google and all this other stuff. But you know what I'm saying. Eventually, it comes back to healthcare is going to be, you know, is going to is going to carry the burden like any other business. You have to earn my business. Yeah. You have to earn my business. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't bow to nobody. Right. I have to, you have to earn my business. The doctor works for you now. That's right. And the doctor should always work for you. You know, but sure. we feel like we work around the doctor's schedule half the time. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's going to change. That's and and those I've that don't change changing. and evolve. Yeah, yeah, have you? A little. Yeah, bit. and if and if and if yeah. you don't change with if they don't change with it, they're going to be out. Mm -hmm. Dave Bowers is checking. He said he had uh, surgery on his back in 1999. Now Monday he has to go back in Cooperstown to find out what's happening. It's getting worse. Uh, he had 10 hours of surgery. Now, Dave, you might want to go check Joe out. You know what I mean? Like, go and see what they can. Uh, Dave, I, I'd see. I'd Get see. An evaluation. I we do yeah. we do uh, you know we do free thirty minute consultations all the time. I always I love to invite people in because I say, listen, if 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 we're going to earn your business, come in and do an interview. Interview us. You get thirty minutes, no no charge. You don't bring your insurance card. You don't bring any cash. You just get to find out the real us and and 
if and you're confident with us, that's going on with you. Absolutely. Uh, you're probably going to get, you're probably going to have a really good perspective. I had a lady today and this is a great story. I got to, I got to share this, but Dave, come see us. Uh, great story though. I was in, um, we, my wife and I went to Banu, great place by the way for lunch. And, uh, we, we came out of lunch and she was going to run into the Dollar Tree real quick. Well, me, you know, I do things a little against the rules. So I pulled up in front of like these three cars that were in parking spots. So, you know, I'm waiting there for her. And um, so, so this lady's trying to back out. I didn't find out until she came to my window. And so, oh, oopsie. She was really mad. I go, yeah, I'm sorry for being an idiot, you know. And she wasn't defensive at all after I said that. She was really kind to me. <laughs> it's, fun, it's funny because... Because I was I was parked in front of her and she so she came she came to my window and she kind of knocked on my window and I rolled down she goes, um, could you move your car? Are you a doctor? She goes, are you that function better guy? <laughs> right? And she's and, and literally ask ask him. She started crying, like oh my god, you were placed here in in front of me in front of my car. I got it. Da, 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 da. And I seen her today. Yeah. We did. It. I said, here's my here's my she cell phone. You. She needed me. She she goes, you were placed here. So anyway, and um. You know, without getting into a, a ton of other detail, um, she texted. She said, "I'm going to text you," and she texted me at eight o'clock this morning. I met her at ten, and yeah, we had a great conversation and ended with a hug and some advisement. And I'm going to continue to follow her. And why but does that not surprise I, me? I, I love it. I love it. And he it. never moved his car. I didn't move my car. I, well, she didn't. Well, what the she, hell? Kim was back by the time they were done talking. Was I was fine. lucky she didn't punch me in the face because it was an idiotic move. You don't park in front of three three cars that are in a parking spot. Well, we all have blonde moments. <laughs> yep. yep. I did once upon a time when I had hair. <laughs> That's awesome, but um, yeah, I with the back, Dave, go see him. Make sure you go see yeah, him. What, Joe, why don't you give us your all your locations? Yeah, well, Dave, here, here's the out. thing. Call uh, call my cell three one five five two five six eight six zero. I know your pen doesn't work. Hold on, I'll let you get another pen. Okay, three one five. Five two five six eight six zero. Text me, call me anytime. Hold on, he just had to flip open his phone. Yep, that's, that's it. That's right, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll message it to you, Dave. I got you. That's funny. That's funny. So no, anytime, anytime. I am the conduit for any of my centers. I can send you. I, I pull up the schedule for any of my centers, and I can schedule it immediately. So. And he's all over, so it'll be convenient for we you. We are all over. Is there a website that you would like to plug? Yeah, they can do functionbetter.com. All right. And Carrie Ann says your staff may be listening. <laughs> Carrie Ann said that. <laughs> I love my may staff. Or may not be. Carrie Ann. <laughs> All right. Well, she just brought herself into it. Her fault. I guess she's listening. <laughs> Carrie uh, Carrie Caruso is actually the vice president of Function Better. She's, oh. she's uh, quite amazing. And it's not a secret anymore. And she's pregnant. She's got a little baby bump. <gasps> Congratulations. Nice. Congrats. So oh, this girl is it has. First? It is her first. Oh, and, and this girl has. Like you guys, like Adeline, you know me very well. I always have like a thousand things going. Oh, this yeah. girl beats me by like two and a half times. <laughs> She's nuts. Her her uh, her husband's a She's Utica police officer. Oh, nice. Thank you for your service Excellent. there, Marky. Yes, thank you for your service, both of you. And um, yeah, so great stuff. Great nice. stuff. This is a great podcast. I've never been on a podcast before. This is kind so of will fun. Will you do it again? Is this I an will. experience you I, would repeat again? I will. I want to, uh, yeah, just just for the Utica Club. <laughs> just, I yeah, mean, I come in. You guys free, Uca, free Utica Club. Man. Anybody I've ever been on a radio show or anything never just like handed me a Utica oh, Club. No, we treat people me? here. We give them the gold yeah, treatment. No, we yeah. <laughs> gold level here. This is funny. Uh, Ed Antonio saying, uh, and Tony is saying, uh, thanks for trying to make the. Uh, Make a better world for people and not only focus on insurance money. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you. 
That's pretty it's nice. Very nice yeah, to hear. He said they should be working together, which is true. They, you know, the insurance companies should be working with mm-hmm. the business owners. You know, but they're they all in sh- it for the money. They should, you know, they. I'll tell you, if if they had a different approach, they would save a lot of money because diagnostic testing is really expensive. Yeah. So that tells me there's a there's a disconnect in our industry. And I'm not saying this just because I'm a physical therapist, but I really do believe a lot of people should come and see a physical therapist first. And that's why we have, you know, direct access. You can come off the street and see a physical therapist first. And, you know, not all physical therapists are created equal, but I will say for my profession, I really haven't met too many bad physical therapists. They're, they're really skilled with neuromusculoskeletal uh, examination and, and differential diagnosis, really figuring out where the problem's coming from. And we're a heck of a lot cheaper. I don't want to say cheaper. Let's say less expensive <laughs> than than all these diagnostic An tests. MRI. Oh my God! Right. Thousands and thousands. If you really want to cut down on healthcare costs, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Insurance Company, send somebody to a physical therapist. They send them to me. Uh, in an hour, I'm going to tell them what's going on. They're going to save fifteen thousand dollars in uh, yeah, in X-rays in payments. and MRIs yeah. and yep, CTs ridiculous, and crazy. Yeah, definitely. I've been through it one too many times, man. <laughs> I'll probably be going through more physical therapy. My first call is always Joan. Oh, absolutely. I like. I'm just over it. Why? Why take a chance with somebody else that you don't know? And I've been to a few others, you know, other places. Some were okay. Some lacked that, you know, personalization. Some lacked that, like, I don't give a shit. You know, what the, physical therapy? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I always end up coming back to, you know, function better because, like you said. I know who I'm working with. I, I've been there before. You guys, you know, always professional, but yet not snooty, not like, you know, you come up and, you know, be friendly and, and, and personable. And no, you feel like you're a part of a team. Right, You exactly. feel like that person across from you is on your team and you're going to get through this together. And being you know, somebody that's come I, I from... I think that's the difference. Somebody who's had a lot of injuries, you know, you're vulnerable. You know what I mean? You're, you're at, especially a person like myself, I live alone. I've always been a, you know, hard worker and, you know, out doing, you know, doing outdoorsy stuff, and then all of a sudden now I can't. And now it's, like, frustrating, you know, like, whether it's my knee or my hip or shoulder or whatever, you know, like, you're not you're not you. So, you know, when you go to a place like that, you're kind of, like, uh, it's in your head. You're, you're kind of miserable, in a sense, or depressed or down or whatever. And you don't want to just be shuffled off in a room doing the same old routine and just be left there, and you're like, what the hell am I doing this for? I could just do this at home. You know, but when you go someplace and they call you by name, and they're joking with you and put you on a right regimen and tell you why you're doing that regimen, mm-hmm. you know, you feel a little bit better and you know you're going to get better. That's a really cool perspective. I love, you know, it's, it's great. You, you know, as a patient, you can, you can share that. And uh, a lot of people out there right now probably listening are, are relating to exactly what you're talking about because, and it's not just, you know, even the therapists, even doctors. I treated, I treated a, a woman that, was a professional, a medical professional, and she was a, a triathlete. And um, and when she came to me, it was actually kind of cool how uh, she came to me. Um, a device called the Alter G is a uh, is an anti gravity treadmill, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a forty thousand dollar treadmill. I and wish they had this when I broke my ankle. Oh my god, it, it's ama- It really is amazing, and I know. My, we have it in Yorkville right now, and we actually have it in Liverpool now. But in Yorkville, I know for a fact that my, all of my staff, they would pick me up and put me in a bag and take me out to the dumpster if I tried to get rid of it. <laughs> so we just got a brand new one. And <clears throat> this woman called me out of the blue. 
and said, I went to the hospital for special surgeries and I'm having surgery in January. Um, and my surgeon wants me to do some little bit of rehab before the surgery. And he wanted me to find a place with an Alter G. So I'm calling you. So she called me on my cell phone. So I was on the Alter G website. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And so this woman came in, this medical professional, and I got to tell you, you know, she's scheduled at one of the best surgical places in the country for surgery in January. She's beside herself, and it, and it comes back to exactly what you were just saying. It wasn't the injury or the surgery. It was psychologically she was gaining weight because she couldn't run. You know, yeah, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are athletes and stuff, and they mm -hmm. love it because it's good weight management at the same time as something they love and something that psychologically appeases them. Mm -hmm. And for her not to be able to run for nine months or twelve months was just as much, and if not more, a psychological problem all of a sudden than a physical problem. And so I treated this woman, and honestly, for me, it was kind of a simple thing. It was really simple. I'm like, you're having surgery? Are you serious? Have you had physical therapy? Well, I did, and I had her explain what she was doing, and she really wasn't doing what she was supposed to be doing. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would say it stopped, like, way prematurely of what she really needed to be doing. Uh, so we instituted that, and I got her on the Alter G, and she was running, and she just started crying, like, hysterically bawling like honestly like crazy tears coming down her face and she while she was crying she kept repeating she can't believe she can run like she hasn't felt like this in 12 months and all i did was put her in a an anti-gravity machine took a little bit of her body weight away about 70 percent she was at about 70 so i took 30 percent away she was running at 70 percent but she was crying and it's like that right there shows you that it's not the physical injury it's it's the I just gave her in two seconds her life back yeah. and I didn't do anything miraculous. I did. I did give her personalized care for her condition. But the act of getting her in that thing and letting her run again, something that she absolutely loved and missed and was dreading that she couldn't do anymore. She got to do. Yeah, and even she though needed. she's. Yeah. And guess what? She's not having surgery. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I saved her from surgery. That's huge. <clears throat> and that is going to make me sleep good tonight, too. <laughs> Those are the things that make you sleep good at night. When you really oh, change man. lives like that, that's huge. And you get to do that on a daily basis. I did for 20 years, 20, 21 years, and I'm still doing well, a little tiny bit, but not a lot. You're doing it on, what, how many locations now? Eight locations? But do you know? Like yeah. I said, it's, it's you doing it. You're just spreading your reach. That's right. it right but there. Because I have, I have, I got to tell you, and I'm going back to, to the staff, is when I sleep at night, I know that I've got, all these amazing providers doing the same exact thing every day. Can you imagine the multiplication factor there? We see, I think we have somewhere in the average of 3,300 encounters a month. And imagine how company much you're going to have when you have another four. You're yeah, when, I go, when, we, when we go to Syracuse. And we're changing. I mean, and every when you're in Rochester, how many more are you going to be? You know, it's pretty your cool. Your fingers are just spreading, and you're just, oh, I, I, you love know, I love it. I love it. And, it. and when you have all, all good people. Yeah. It's like there's it no bad apples. Possible. Everybody's everybody's great. Every time I walk into one of my centers, I got to hear a patient bragging about whoever they're working with. Oh, she's the best. She does this. She does this. And I said, what about me? 
<laughs> You're old do, news. Do you know who I? Do you know who I am? You're old. News. I'm nobody. I am old news because <laughs> these guys. I got to tell you, they're amazing. They're changing lives every day, and it's beautiful that we can do this on Love such it. a grand scale. So that's why we're going to open in uh, Syracuse, four centers. And I got a great guy out there, Dr. Ryan Scheminger, and he's already killing it. I love it. We're, we we're doing a lot of good stuff. A ton stuff. of people checking in here. Like uh, John Stemmer saying, I need PT after just going grocery shopping. <laughs> he also says, uh, it's amazing what uh, just stretching does for in, in the morning and at night. And he mm -hmm. also says, diet plays an important uh, factor in muscle management. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you talk about aging. One of my other big. Uh, passions as I evolve through my practice, and it, and it has a lot to do with the older adult population, but also the people that right now are in, uh, in their 50s and 60s, and these decades right now, and you're it, actually, I mean, you go a little bit, you know, you, you go a little bit before that, in your 30s and 40s, you should really have your stuff together, but when you're in your 50s and 60s, those are the decades that are going to make or break the rest of your life. They're going to determine the story, how you end. Are you going to end in a hospital or a nursing home? Are you going to end... Uh, with with heart disease and diabetes and have amputations and are you going to end that way? Because in your fifties, you get to choose. It's that's amazing. You hear that? Mm -hmm. You get to choose how you're. And I mean, for the most part, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you, you know you're you're uh, age proof or or you know mortality. There's other proof. diseases and everything. It's yeah, things yeah. are going to happen. Right. But for the most part, the beautiful thing about life is lessen the chance. Yeah. There are so many factors that you can control. And especially with the right people in your life, um, successful aging is really huge, and and flexibility, like John was saying, you know, the human body is made to move. A body in motion stays in motion. That is so uh, unbelievable. You you just want to keep saying that to yourself. Yeah. And but the problem is, the more and more people realize that movement starts from the inside, like the hip joints. It's not just the muscles that cross your right. joints. It's the joints themselves, the hip joints that become arthritic because they've been, you know, stiff and, and you know, you get muscle imbalances and then the joints don't move the way they're supposed to. And, you, you know, you build compensations and it's all a spiraling factor. So remaining flexible with all your muscles and also your joints. Your joints need to move through and ranges of motion if you're going to keep them, including your spine. You know, people's spines evolve. You see, you know, you picture, you know, the old lady walking with the cane hunched over. Well, right. that happens, you know, that's you're, you're going to age, but you can, you can mobilize your spine throughout your entire life, and the earlier you start, the better. Golfers, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I see a 85-year-old golfer versus a 30-year-old golfer, and you can tell that the person just has lost lost motion in their spine. They're hunched over. You can't... They can't do that swing. Can't do the swing. They that, still hit because, better than I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, see, he's saying, being... He's, we're not saying they're terrible. He's being vulnerable now. But no, seriously, as a golfer, if, if you have a loss of hip rotation, mm -hmm. there goes yeah, your drive, guys. Yeah. You better hit from the ladies' tees. Yeah. Although my wife hits from the ladies' My wife hits from the ladies' tees, and she usually out out drives the guys. I, I had to well, hit from the ladies' tees. Your wife is incredible. See, I hit from yeah. the ladies' tees because that's where my ball lands. Yeah, that's the second shot. <laughs> um, Don's checking in. She said Dan Patterson is one of the best, and oh, I have to agree. Dan, Dan is really too. good, nice. and uh, he's helped all of her kids, and then uh, kicked my ass in group fitness class as well. No, Dan is uh, Dan is just an incredible. You know, he's a he's a great provider, but he's just an incredible person. His wife is wonderful. Uh, they just had a boy, and. Um, 
just you know what? He comes from a phenomenal family. I know his mom. I know his brothers. He's just a great. He's I a told you kid, it I goes like back him. to the whole thing. Do you know why? You know what? This is a cool story. Do you know why I hired Dan? Back in the day, I hired Dan Patterson because he worked at Hannaford for, I forget what it was, seven or eight years, nine years. Now, as a young kid, to give that many loyal years to a company, I said, I want that on my team. And he's been here ever since. Isn't that funny? Wow. Isn't that funny? He was a good grad. I hired him. Thank you, Hannaford. I was wondering where you're going with that, but that makes a lot of sense. That is it. I mean, a young kid to stick with a company for six, seven years, that says something about that individual. It's like your thing with the bartenders who are working 75 different places. Mm -hmm. Where's the dedication? And thank God he hasn't left me yet. (laughs) He he doesn't know any better. No. He's the man. He's good. He's really good. I've seen Dan. Hannaford, even. He's, he's, uh, no, he's great. And he's got a, he's got a young boy and his wife is wonderful. We love, we, we went to Pittsburgh. uh, Was it Pittsburgh, Gibby? Yeah, we went to Pittsburgh. Dan is a certified, speaking of golf, he's a um, uh, Titleist Performance uh, Certified Golf Instructor, Medical Golf Instructor. Excellent. And uh, we actually, we did a little little road trip, uh, Kim and I, and uh, Dan and Shannon went to Pittsburgh, and Dan went to the course, and me and Kim and Shannon drank. Yes. <laughs> that seems about right. We did a little day drinking, and Dan went and got certified as a TPI instructor. Perfect. And... Um, our Liverpool guy, Ryan Scheminger, is actually flying down to Orlando this month to get his TPI certification. So we'll be at the uh, Turning Stone Golf uh, nice. show coming nice. up in February. That's a great thing. But, nice. but yeah, Dan Patterson, he's a, you know, he's a hero. Nice. You got to ring the bell for him. What's that? Oh. Mean? There you go, Dan. You get the bell. Danny gets the <laughs> bell. Danny Patterson. I got to pull the bell out just um, in case I got to ring it. Ed's checking in too. He says, I'm so glad that you just said that because it's hard to let, um, for a lot of people to understand how much severe injuries can affect people's lives in many different aspects, physically, mentally, no pain, no gain. Dawn, I tried to get Kim in the chair, but she won't get in the chair. She's playing <laughs> shy. She's pretending. And uh, Sandy says, come to Florida. I told you oh, you're needed. Whereabouts in Florida? Yeah, we're in Florida. Where, <laughs> where do you want to go? We, we, first one, we live in Florida. <laughs> we're, we live in Florida and uh, New York. We're, we're in Florida. We live in uh, Boynton Beach. Boynton so Beach. Uh, we lived in Del Rey for the last uh, three years, but now we moved to Boynton Beach. Whereabouts is Boynton? Just above, uh, you ever hear of Boca Raton? Uh-huh. So we're just above Boca, a little bit more above uh, Fort Lauderdale, and if we have bigger names, we we'll talk about Miami. We're about an hour north of Miami. I used to live right in on the coast. Beach. Cocoa Beach? Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah, I used to work on Sun Cruise Casino. <clears throat> well, our our uh, three adult children live down there. Mm. And uh, my, my son, JT, has his own corporation down there. He's a videographer. As a matter of he's fact, he's pretty incredible, he, that kid, yeah, by he's, the way. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got me way outpaced at age 21. And I was... Uh, I he's was, got some talent, that kid. I was I was playing uh, beer pong, and he's um he's flying. Yeah, he's out making multi-million yeah. dollar video yeah, ads. Yeah, he flew, he flew to Montreal today. He gets flown all over the world from uh, companies to do videography and all that kind of stuff and editing. But I uh, bet he sucks at beer pong. He sucks at beer pong. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. He he's a rum and coke kind of guy. But uh, and then my son Justin is nineteen and he just moved to Florida and he's out searching for his first job down there. And my daughter is twenty five and she's going to school to be an elementary education teacher with a specialization in uh, special ed. She's been a daycare. Uh, she's she's been working in a preschool for a long time. She's got a great passion for it, and then and then all of a sudden she worked with an autistic kid, and she 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 went home that night and she called me and she said, "Dad, I'm in she love." Found it. She says, "I'm in love." I go, "I'll kill him." <laughs> <laughs> no boyfriends. You're only 25. 
And she said, Dad, I worked with this autistic kid. I don't want to do anything else for my life. So I could see that. Oh, my God. She is such a compassionate young girl. And she's so creative at what she does. So she's going to school at Palm Beach State College, and she's going to be transferring into FAU. Uh, Florida Atlantic University, and she's going to be a teacher. So it took her to 25, though, um, to figure out where she wanted to go. And and it's never never too late. Kimmy's still working on it. She's still figuring out whether she wants to be married or divorced. I think she's going to keep you. She's got to be. She's got to be able to keep up with uh, me changing my mind. Professional painter. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, now that you bring that up, I actually think every time we say the word paint, she she looks the other direction. Because people (laughs) ask her all the time, like, like she's not here. You want to paint? She's like, yeah, been there, done that. uh, Seventy thousand square feet in my heels. I think I've had enough in that career. That's when people ask me. my cell phone's not working. I just turn my head, look the other way. Like, <laughs> I know nothing about cell phones. It's funny because <laughs> like, somebody mentions real estate, and I'm right there. Yeah. yeah. What do you need? What, I'm here. What? You know, we've got a great, uh, another thing we've got in our Yorkville Center is a great uh, massage therapist. I was going to ask you about yeah. massage therapy and how you felt. Like, Yeah, I love massage therapy when it's done <sighs> to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But, um, no, like no. like to be the giver. Uh, yeah. Trina. She is good. Todd has seen her. A yeah, bunch Trina's of times. Uh, Trina's a medical massage therapist. She talk about a talk about an admirable uh, woman. She you know she did a lot of things. She's a she was a single mom and you know really did a lot of great things to you know carry her family and uh, open her own business. And I give her a lot of credit. It's it's hard. It's not easy. And she doesn't she doesn't you know we get a lot of insurance reimbursement. She's cash based and and. And if not, it's no fault or cop, and, and sometimes it's they, hard to get paid. Are they still, uh, do they now, can they collect from uh, insurance companies? I know they for can. a while it was a big. They can. It's always a hassle. It's always a hassle. I know They're, they weren't recognized for a while. They don't, they? Have, they don't have a huge lobbying body. Right. You know, I mean, it's those, that's what it's all about. The medical so- American Medical Association, they've got so much money and, and power behind them that speaks, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you got physical therapy. We're way down the totem pole for that, but we do have a great organization in the APTA. Uh, the American Physical Therapy Association, um, and then massage therapy. You know, what what they do is really invaluable. I mean, we do soft tissue mobilization and stuff in our practice, but we don't spend an hour massaging people. And she, and she's really skilled with medical massage. Um, excellent, very experienced. It just seems like the two would go hand in hand so much because, like, you are working muscles that are mm-hmm. you know to, you know you know sore and tender and you know like and they're swollen and like have somebody be able to massage them back into absolutely. You know, yeah, I mean, and we, you know, we coexist in this in this facility in Yorkville, and um, you know we're constantly um, working with each other with clients. You know, the physical therapists are referring to her; she's referring back if there's something like a pathology or something she's seeing. Um, she she gets them right in f- to a physical therapist. You know, again, another added value. Right. You know, you got an, another layer of value. Um, with another set of eyes. That's looking it. Out. That's it. Yeah. Wow, this has been a great interview. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were going to have to leave. Fun, yeah. No, I, <laughs> did time go? I thought we were here for ten minutes. Has it like been ten minutes? Hours. Yeah. Was, Joe's like, well, how long are we going to talk? I'm like, oh, Joe, forty-five minutes, an hour max. <laughs> I'm like, has Oopsie. it been fifteen minutes already? <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is great. I mean, <gasps> two hours later. Yeah. And, uh, and people have been chiming in. You know, they they love what you guys do. Obviously, yeah. I think you got a, I think you got your information out to a lot of people. So I think a lot of people will be thinking about for their mother, their grandmother. Yeah. Maybe they should be getting them in for some kind of an evaluation. Yeah, and Joe put his number those. out there for you. And it's if not you can, hard to find. If you can put it out again. Well, and I think I think we need to get everybody to keep tuning into the 
disruption that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I like this is this is great. We give a lot of good, valuable information. I like no, the way I, this guy no, thinks. I love it. No, I love Thank it. You. I think it's great. I, I love the word disruption, too. Do things different. You love to disrupt. Always do, do, do things different, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't believe I had a Utica club here. I'm still I'm still <laughs> stuck on that. We had Tito's too. I mean, we I had thought she Tito's was kidding. Yeah. I thought she was no, kidding. No, we have Tito's. You asked me for a water. I'm like, nah, I'm okay. She said, you got you want a Utica club? I go, you got a Utica club? Are you kidding me? Come on. My bad. I should have known better. I'm sorry. We had we, Tullamore do, but they drank it all. And then you <laughs> told me that Heather Dealey is coming in, and I'm like, I know Heather, and we love Utica coffee roasting. Yep. So big shout out to that company. Yeah. They they give They're us awesome. a, the coffee man that. I need on a daily basis. No, that's an amazing This week would have never happened without them. <laughs> I was in rough shape. Talk about a great organization. Utica Coffee right there. And, uh, yeah, Heather Heather, and uh, our friend Michelle are looking to uh, come in and uh, disrupt our disruption. Oh, they will. Oh, I, Man, I, I these two get together, that. it's going to be fun. Oh, I can see I can see that for sure. We'll yeah. just take over. <laughs> have you all you ladies come in and take over? Well, can yeah, I say thank you, thank you guys for having me. This was thank a lot of fun. In. Thank you very much. No agenda yeah. here. It was just fun to come in and talk and have Absolutely. a great time. We'll have yeah. to have you back again. Too. I'm I'm here. Um, plug your website. Anytime. Plug your number again, please. Uh, yeah, anybody can can reach me anytime just to chat or follow up on any of the conversation that we had today. Uh, you can text me anytime, day or night. Don't take me literally. Three one five five two five six eight six zero. And if you want to know anything more about our organization, uh, you can go to functionbetter.com. Awesome. Thank you. Um, tomorrow we are not on air because I am going to see Bob yeah. Seeger up You're in, throwing uh, me over for in Buffalo. Seeger. Heck yeah. You're done. <sighs> Seeger. But the I'm D-line is on. So John Silberth will be taking the helm here uh, in the control. Hopefully he doesn't screw up too bad. Todd will have his back. He'll probably do way better than I did. But, um, Todd will have his back. It's going to be fun seeing still behind the master control. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, He's got control of the drop, so that'll be a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, if not, we will see you Monday. And, and we've got a great show Monday. We, we have cool a, actually have a couple of guests on Monday. So yes. That um, should be should a really we, good time. Shall we tell them? Well, go ahead. Uh, well, I know uh, Kate Devin. Yeah, and, and uh, then is we have Sisti from the uh, Mohawk Valley Blue Society. Society. He's going to try and get Bernie Clark to come with him, too. Oh, that'd be really cool. So that'd be nice. And um, this weekend, I do mention that it is, uh, was it Animal Jam? There's an yeah. animal for animals, animal for I forget what they call North. it. Yep, but 12 North. It starts tomorrow. I'm mean, Nine Balls playing, not robots. Uh, oh, my God. They've got a huge lineup. they got some great bands playing tomorrow. Just go. And, and all weekend. Yeah, all weekend. all weekend. Go. And it goes if to the Humane Society. In, they'll have a lot of beer, so you won't <laughs> run out. Don't worry about it. If you're going to get snowed in, you're going to be in a building with a lot of beer and a lot of great bands. So why it's go anywhere no else? And, and, again, all that money goes to um, the Humane Society. Yeah. And every year they present this huge check to the Humane Society. And yeah. Masucci and, and Mossy, they're doing great things over there. So go in, support them. It's at 12 North this weekend, Animals for Animals. Uh, it'd be great. Yeah. See you guys next week. Have Bye. a great weekend. EC Radio, right here on the Disruption Network. It has certainly been a long and winding road, as the Beatles so aptly put it in the song. Tell us how it's brought you right here to this very moment. Well, you know something, Bad Rich? I feel like every moment in my life has led up to this moment right here. And EC Radio, teaming up with the Disruption Network, only here to kick ass and take names. Can you dig it, brother? All right, 2017. You spent the past several years establishing yourself as one of the finest practitioners in radio podcasting. People want to know what to expect. 
You live by the book, then you die by the book. And I'm here to throw out the rule book and break all morality code here on the Disruption Network daily from 3 to 6. EC Radio, brother! Utica, New York, we're coming for you Monday through Friday. Don't you dare miss it. D is turning two years old, and we want to party with you. Saturday, February 9th at John Devereaux Tavern, 37 Devereaux Street in Utica. This year, we bring in the party with Sophistafunk. That's right, Sophistafunk. East Beats and Biz will be getting the crowd warmed up with old school hip-hop and funk. There will be food, drink specials, live podcasting, giveaways, and we'll be giving out our annual D Awards. Save the date. Saturday, February 9th at John Devereaux Tavern. The D, Sophistafunk, East Beats and Biz, all joining forces to deliver a powerhouse of a party. This show wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for EJ. Moving Services, Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley, Priceless Inspections, Saranac Brewery, and Nine Volkswagen of Rome. So you just bought your dream home, and now it's time to move. Let's face it, nobody likes to move. All the packing, unpacking, lifting, upstairs, downstairs, and broken everything, including your back. Let the professionals at EJA Moving Company take all the stress and pain out of your move. Competitively priced moving. Relocation services, office moves, and complete packing and unpacking services. They work with everybody to make it simple and easy for you to move and relocate. Call EJA Moving Company at 315-335-0516. When it's time to relocate, have EJA Moving do all the work for you. Hit them up online, ejamoving.com. Hey, Disruption Network. This is Mike Sacco, the general manager at Nye Volkswagen of Rome. If you don't know me by name, it's only because you have not received the best deal. There's only one reason to leave Utica, and that's to come see me in Rome and get the best deal on your next new, pre-owned, or certified VW. Mention that you heard this ad from Disruption Network and receive $250 off your next vehicle purchase. You'll know why our customers say, I love my Nye VW. Come see us at 5865 Rome Taberg Road in Rome or visit us online at nivwofrome.com. The Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley was born when three top producing agents with over 25 years of combined experience selling real estate joined forces to take real estate to the next level. We practice with honesty, integrity, and the knowledge to help make the buying and selling process easy and stress-free for all of our clients. We pledge to always make our clients our top priority from start to finish and even after the house is closed. We will always be a valued resource for information and assistance for our buyers and sellers. Our customers over the years have become not only past clients, but great friends. As we join hands together as the Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley, we look forward to serving our clients and our community and making a positive difference. You can reach us at 315-601-9630 for all of your real estate needs. The Disruption Network is making moves. For upcoming events, news, interviews, and new daily programming, keep in the loop with us at disruptionnetwork.net. Like, follow, and subscribe to all our social media. And check out all our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Get up on the D, disruptionnetwork.net.